Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, my guest today has been a guest in the making for maybe about three months. Uh, Aaron Blackie is a professional mixed martial artist at basically the top of the food chain in Australia. He was going to come on after one of his fights, uh, he lost that fight and said, basically, I don't want to come on until I win again. I'm going to take a fight on really short notice and try and get back in that winner's column. He did exactly that. He just uh, he just won again and is already fighting again this coming uh, weekend for an Australian title. Um, now, I know that we predominantly have like a moto fan base when it comes to gypsy tales. Uh, and there's people that aren't essentially into like the fighting stuff as much as I am, obviously. Uh, but this podcast, I guess we don't talk as much about fighting as we do about general philosophy. Um, and that's one of the things that I really respect and admire about Aaron is that he is a guy that is super into philosophy. Um, it's a guy, uh, I'm a guy that's into philosophy as well. So this was a really great podcast. I knew this is how it would go down. I knew that we'd spend a lot of time talking about, uh, philosophy in general. Um, and I know we've got a lot of great feedback from other episodes where we have focused a lot. So even if you're not a fight fan, I really encourage you to listen to this podcast, um, with an open mind. And I think that everybody will be able to take something out of this chat with Aaron Blackie. Aaron Blackie, where are on, man? We've, we've been, we've been planning this one for a while. I'm pretty, pretty glad it's happening. Yep. Yep. Me too. So you're what? A few days out from your next fight. A few days out, a few days out. First title fight at Gladstone. So fighting for the belt. Yeah. Saturday night. What, um, what division are you fighting in? Featherweight. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. What, uh, What's the, what do they call them? Like the promotion. organization? Yeah, promotion. Yeah. So this one's Aftershock. So Aftershock MMA. Yep. Um, yeah, so they got a few shows going now in MMA. So they had a lot of grappling stuff. Um, the guys that run it, oh, those lockdowns and that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yep. It's that crew. So they're, they're sort of making their way into MMA and yeah, doing some good stuff on the media side. And yeah. and, and the shows have been pretty good so far? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, this card's got some, some excellent fights. Um, outside of myself and, and my opponent that there's you know some some great names that the, the flyweight fighter thinks the best um match up in the country at the moment which yeah he's on as well so um so good. i got a 
I guess I got to give you props. I got respect for the way that you came on the podcast. So to give everyone a bit of a backstory. So I think some people may even remember, like we put on the story that you were coming on and then you had a fight coming up. Um, so you're undefeated. You went in and had a fight at Southport. Yep. And then you actually lost that fight, yep. which was the first loss of your career. Yep. And then you said, I don't want to come on the podcast until I win. And you jumped straight back in. How many weeks after that loss did you fight? It was eight weeks after when we got back in. Yeah. Just last weekend. And then you got you got pretty cut up as well in that fight. In that one eight weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Face full of stitches. Um, yeah. But so I guess to to the point is you said I'm gonna um you said let's not do the podcast. Yep. I'm gonna have another fight as soon as I can. I'm gonna win that fight and then I'm gonna come back on. Yep. And it went to plan. Yep. Back on the front foot. So I you know I made no excuses. Haven't made any excuses after that loss. But I performed absolutely terribly. Is is from from my point of view. I haven't looked it. I haven't watched the fight. It was a split decision. You know, some people are saying oh maybe you should have won that sort of thing. I I don't care at all because i know what i'm capable of and and i didn't perform and i, I have a very good understanding as, as to why um and that's all part of the game but i hate excuses get you nowhere so the only thing to do is get straight back in there and, and and show it so that's why you know we got straight back in i was actually supposed to fight two weeks before last weekend as well that one fourth fell through um so yeah you know I, I know what I can do and I believe in myself and I'm showing that. So we've lined them up and it's been a bit of a blessing because now, you know, that took six months to get that fight after, you know, being in camp, pulling out, being in camp, pulling out, being in camp, pulling out. So finally had the fight and yeah, lost. And now suddenly I can get fights. Yeah, so right. lined them all up and now, you know, doing well. <laughs> so it, it's, um, I was at, I was at that fight. I watched it with Nick and, um, yep. and the boys from author, um, George, Georgie from, uh, from fight life. Yep. Yep. And, um, I didn't think you lost that fight, but I knew that when you walked off, like I got my phone out to film you getting your hand raised. Like we were sitting ringside and I was like, Oh man, like that was a, Yep. That was a scrappy way to win, yeah. but you still won. <laughs> and then they raised his hand and I was like, damn, like, I mean, it goes to the oldest saying in MMA is like, don't leave it in, in the judge's hands. But I think that the first round you got clipped a couple times trying to shoot, got him against the fence uh, and then just couldn't get the takedown. And then I think, I think, did you get him down in the first round, but then he got back up? Yeah, it took him a few times to pop straight back up. Yeah. So yeah. it just seemed like a, he had a very good defense for what you were trying to bring to the table. And then I guess when you get clipped coming in on shots, does it kind of, do you think it slows you down when you do go back in or does it make you that little bit hesitant? Yeah, for, for me, absolutely it does. Like that's, yeah, he had a brilliant game plan for, for fighting me. Um, I think it was a very defensive game plan. Like I think if you, if your game plan is to um, back up, use the defense to defend someone's, you know, offense, it, it's not a very offensive game plan, you yeah. know, which is why it's kind of hard. Like, you know, if, if I hadn't been caught by a few of those shots on the way in, um, you know, I think it, it probably quite easily would have gone my way in terms of yeah. the decision. Um, but that's not the point. The point is you don't shoot in at someone without setting them up. You yeah. punch them in the head, you yeah. draw responses, you slip, you weave, you cover, and that's how you shoot. And that's yeah. how I shoot. And I've done that for a long, long time. And I'm only getting better and better and better at it. 
And, you know, that that's a unique to MMA skill. But that's something that, like I said, this this fight last weekend, you can't get that much better in eight weeks. Yeah. Like, if, if, if you watch that fight, you see, I'm landing shots, I'm setting them up, I took him down once in each round, he stayed down, damage, damage. That's, you, you just can't, you know, you can make little adjustments, but that's a whole different, like that, that fight that I lost was just blinkers on, Oh, grab! Yeah, just hold, hold. Yeah. Look, and like I said, I'll, you know, it's it's the fight game, and if you do it long enough, you've got to take those losses. Yeah. I think you know you, you've got to acknowledge that if you've got the skill, you have twenty fights, you'll have a couple fights where you just didn't show up. The best you didn't show up. That's and, that's really yeah, all it is. Well, and who goes through ten years? You have know, ten year career, and nothing's ever happened in in the personal. I'm not saying that's what it was, but personal life or not showing up on the day. Like, come on, you're going to have a couple of those fights. Yeah, so for sure. I think that the sort of sucky thing about an MMA is when you have those fights, it hurts. Yeah. You know? And you, you have got to have that. It, it's a real belief because you've got to go, no, I can do this to get back in there. You can't fake it. You can't go, oh, no, here's my excuse, here's my excuse. And I'll fight again in six months when I've worked on everything. It's like, nah, like, you know, I messed up. Mm. I got hit hard a few times. And I got a face full of stitches, like. That's uh, no complaints, but back in there, and, and like I said, I performed. Mm. I've been competing since I was a little kid at high level competitions. You know, like I know how to compete. I don't get the blinkers on. I know how to how to. But it's one of those things, you know. So I think I've shown that that was me not so much being outperformed, but me not performing. Yeah. But in saying that, great game plan. He's a great fighter. He's a tough guy. He's an aggressive fighter. And I'm I'm not. I'm not here to make excuses for it. Yeah. Move the, the interesting thing for me about that fight was you got clipped early and then yep. it seemed like you lost confidence to stand up and trade, even though I've seen your hands be very good. And it seemed like you immediately just kind of got the blinkers on and said, I, I, I don't want to stand up now, but you can't get MMA takedowns without setting them up with strikes. Absolutely. And you see Woodley, it's like a da 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 rush, yep. shoot a double leg. Henry Cejudo was a perfect example against uh, Mighty Mouse when they last fought. Yep. So you get wrestlers in the UFC, they have to set up with strikes. There's no, yep. it's just a different range. It's not yep. a standard wrestling judo range. Yep. And you have to do something to close that distance. But what was interesting is in the third round, Yep. You got forced to stand up and trade. And I think you actually got the better of the stand-up exchanges in that third round. And or at least it was way more even. Like in that first round, if you if you didn't know you, if you didn't know your opponent and it was just that one isolated thing, you would think like, oh, Aaron can't stand up. Yep. And he doesn't want to. Yep. But then you switch to the third and then it's like, here's a guy that wanted to stand in the pocket and was getting the better of those exchanges. Like you had him hurt yep. as well at the end. So it was like, I, I think that for me looking at, at that fight, I was like, you know what? That is going to be a, a real learning moment That's because, priceless. because you, you, you got forced to stand in the pocket. And if you brushed off those shots and it's easy to say when you, you just got you got fucking punched in the head a couple yeah, of times yeah. pretty hard. So it's like it's obviously easy to say from outside the cage. But yep. if that third round Aaron Blackie that stood up and traded kind yep. of took those couple of shots and, and fought through and ended up trading the way you did in the third round, it would have been a different fight in my opinion. Yep. So I think it's good for you then to uh I guess see that whole like that whole round by round and yes. go like this is what I did this is the order I did it in and if I did it in a little bit different order 
yep. it was going to be a different fight. So yep. you, you have to have those learning moments because and dude i i almost fucking like i said yesterday i lost my fight on saturday or my match whatever you want to call it jiu-jitsu um i lost it by two points and i had two sweeps in the fight and i didn't get points for either of them because i did i didn't stand up yep and to me like i was fucking gutted when i lost that fight purely because i think it's the same sort of thing as what you're experiencing is that i didn't lose that fight by being the the worst jiu-jitsu yep. practitioner right. i lost that fight because i didn't listen to my coach yep. i didn't have a solid enough understanding of the rules yep like i beat myself yep and That's... then and when you have that like it's interesting that like i thought about you instantly when i yep. lost because you wanted to get a fight straight away. I want to drive to fucking Rockhampton this weekend yeah, yeah, yeah. and I want to fight like right again. I want to do, I want to do every division I can yep. and I just want to get back in because I was so fucking pissed off at myself yep. because I know what I left on the table and yep. I come home with this silver medal and I, I said to my coach, I was like, I'm going to put this fucking thing in my car and yep. look at it every single time I drive to training because that is a joke. Yep. Yeah, you know, and if yep. it, if I won that fight, I would have probably never fucking That's thought right. about that again. That's right. That's right. I think right on. Like you, you got to take everything you can out of your wins as well, mm. but you know, especially your losses, because like you said, that that's that's priceless. You say taking those shots and that. You know, my coach Dan Higgins, as soon as you know got back after that one, got out a Seneca quote, and it's you know, how can the prize fighter enter you know the arena confidently if he hasn't tasted his own blood and mm. felt his teeth rattled and been beaten black and blue and you know knocked down in body but not in not in spirit and that's absolutely you know that's a confidence that you can only get through experiencing it mm. you know, you've got to take a few beatings real beatings not you know like we're a, a tough team and they are a training environment particularly you know years back before everyone got sort of smart mm. you were belting each other Absolutely, people. You know, people get knocked down that all the time in in in, in that um in that environment, and, and just growing up doing judo and that with with you know lots of very tough, hard men. Mm. I came up under, you know, and so I've experienced you know brutality, and I've, I've I've seen people you know choked unconscious and left to be come on kind of choked unconscious again, and mm. you know training overseas and, that. and that's but that builds in you resilience, and that builds in you drive, and you know I think for me you know I built a bit of momentum. In the ideal world, it'd be awesome to have a challenging fight like that where you're forced to bite down, but the decision goes your way. You know, mm. but who cares? That's not what it's about. It's about how good can I perform in a real fight? Mm. That's for me. That's what I want to do. That's why I'm attracted to it. So once you get rid of this, like, oh, win loss, oh, she gone this way, and it's just results based. Like you said, that is priceless. Mm. And getting to you know hit people and feel them, go, oh, like you know that was in the third round. I was gas myself out in those body locks, and I was hitting him. I could feel that like. You know, if I was hitting him in the first round like that, yeah, I think I got some good power in those strikes. And you know, yeah. that's you know, Steve Compton, my other coach, we spent a lot of time with him. Um, you know, I couldn't for those few years where I was out um, because of my knees, but we're back at it. And you know, the hands are going to show that again in my last fight. I was winning all those exchanges on the feet, so mm. I'm comfortable everywhere now. And that's a confidence has been earned through you know the the real test. And it's um, there's something. Like, I, I feel like we saw it with Darren Till as well, like with his last fight recently, that there's something fucked up about being undefeated. And you've <laughs> got to like, 
Man, you were what, 5 and 0, 4 and 0, 5 yeah, and 0? Yeah, 5 and 0. Five so, can you imagine being 40 fucking 9 and 0, dude? Yeah. Like the pressure that ca- like yep. say whatever you want about Floyd Mayweather. That motherfucker has yep. got some serious like his fucking brain is Alcatraz, man. Yep. Like to to carry that number and to hype that number and even yep. like like I got chewed out by do you, do you know Fabio Fabio Gala Brothers? Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yep, yep. So that's who my professor is. Okay. And yeah, yeah. like so he chewed me out after the fight, which I was actually like I was actually super grateful for. Yep. Because and I wanted to talk to you about this as well with with coaches is that like I come off the mat and I was disappointed in myself obviously and it was pretty yep. visible and then he chewed me out. And he said he's like, you know, in in his Brazilian, he was like you know, you might walk away from this and be pissed off and think I'm an asshole. And I was like, nah, man, like I actually appreciate you more for telling me exactly what I need to hear. Yep. Like he doesn't work for like, I, I pay him. I like, he doesn't want to upset that Apple card in terms of the business. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd, yep, it'd be yep. in, in his best interest to be like, Oh, you know, yeah, you yeah, should have yeah. got those points. Uh, you yeah, should have. Uh, yeah. yeah, you weren't. But, but yeah, yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He fucking chewed me out Good. and told me exactly what I needed to hear. Yep. And it was like, I was almost like, it gave me a feeling of like, okay, like this is a good team to be on. This is a guy that cares. This yep. is a guy that wants, actually wants the best for me and yep. is going to risk upsetting a student that pays him money every week yep. to try and get the best out of him. And that to me is like, that's a real leader. And, you know, I wondered if it was a similar thing for you in your corner where people being honest with you with that loss and, and like kind of telling you what you needed to hear at the time. Um, yeah, look, I, I have, you know, like, like me and, um, you know, my, my um, coach Dan Higgins, like, yeah, well, we have a very, very strong connection. Like I've trained mm. with him day in and day out, all day, and, and been through a lot. And you know, with my personal life, you know, I owe him more than I could ever repay. Yeah. You know, so we have a very, very tight bond, and um, you know, like I, I put absolutely everything into um my training because I'm very cognizant of. Hey, I love it. So it's yeah, easy. Like yeah. look at me, I put everything into to doing what I love. But B, like. Uh, I just can't, you know, like I, I struggle to come to terms with how much the, these guys do for me, all my coaches. You know, mm. It really, I'm taken away by it all the time. And I had Steve Cobb holding pads this morning. He's got, he was in the gym half an hour, he's stretching out his back because his back's wrecked. And he's holding pads. And, yeah, like this, I don't deserve that. Mm. But, I, you know, I, I'm grateful for it. But and, you've obviously done something to earn that. Well, you know? I, I try and put in. Like if I'm, I, I make no complaint that I've never made a complaint to any coach who tells me something to do. And I do whatever they tell me to do without mm. complaint. Now, if Dan Higgins says climb that rope, I start climbing that rope, I don't stop climbing that rope. And so I just don't stop, you know? Mm. Like, so I think you, you get that mutual understanding that like, uh, I am doing the best I can in, in, in every regard. And then we're, we're in, you know, this journey together and, you know, we're all there for each other. And that, that's a beautiful thing. I think mm. that's the most beautiful thing about the martial arts because you, you form these kind of bonds through the suffering and the good times. And, you know. I, I 100% agree, yeah. Yep, yep. So, you know, for, for us, it was like, well, what was going on? Because mm. that's not you. Yeah. You know, you know, that wasn't you. I knew that wasn't me. The second, you know, I remember I walked into the octagon and I just felt nothing. And I, uh, you know, and I, uh, again, no excuse, but... You know, I knew my preparation was different to that one than any other. Okay, you know, 
it is what, what it you, is. What do you think, like, was it something you did on purpose that was different or were you, like, trying to, I guess, does the fact that you were kind of on a roll change in the way that you were doing it or what led to it being different? Because I know, like, like Georgia said, I remember her saying how hard you were training and how good you looked in training before that fight. And obviously she trains with you guys, like, pretty much every day. So it's, like, really seeing it. So I don't think that it was a lack of work, obviously, but what what was that? And that, like attribute to that feeling look for, for fighting is yeah you know, when you actually go out there and do it it's it's you know there's mostly mental like you gotta have the skills but to perform under pressure yeah that's the beautiful thing some people can't do it some people can never do it for some reason well, there's that fight or flight response yep and then when you like i was talking to my mate andrew about this he actually met him in thailand and yep. he was a um uh, amateur boxer but fucking you should he is good yep and um and he did a bunch of fights he won some state titles here and shit yep and um we so we were talking and now he does jiu-jitsu like yep. he stopped boxing and now he's doing competitive jiu-jitsu yep and um and we were talking about that like fight or flight response yep and <clears throat> it was funny that like i was thinking that the fights that i've had that i've won yep i felt so fucking in the moment Yep. And it was like there was that fight or flight response. And I just, it bought like the a way better version of me that was just like diving on shit. Yep. And like, like one of the fights I won in like fucking 10 seconds. Yep. It was bang. Like I saw, like I set him up to double leg me. I just stood up super tall and then fucking knew that he was going to shoot because he shot in our last match. Yep. Guillotine, rolled him over, ended up in mount over. Yep. And it was just like, you just feel so in the zone in that yep. moment. And then the next, the final, close guard, guy, I've made him post, Kimura, bang, done. Like yep. it was over. Yep. And you just feel like, you feel so fucking on point. Yep. And then, yeah, this week I didn't. And yep. it, it's just so like, you're right. There is that fight or flight and it either brings this hyper version of you out. Yep. Or you're just not there at all. Yep. And it goes by you so quickly and you can't think. Like, it's a, it's a head fuck, man. Yeah. And I respect... Since I've started doing this, and obviously I'm on the lowest fucking level of combat, really. Like, there's no strikes. Like, so it's not, it's not the same as what you're doing. So I don't want to try and... For anyone that's listening, I'm not trying to put myself in that world. But at the, at the end of the day, I think that the the response is still the same. Like you don't know that person. You don't know their skill. All yep. you, you've only got to draw on your own confidence and your own self-belief. Yep. And until I started, like I've been a martial arts fan my entire life, Yep. but, and I've loved the UFC, but now to watch the walkout and to watch people before they fight yep. is the most interesting thing in the world to me Yep. because it's so fucking internal, man. It's crazy. Yep. Yep. That's nah, it's absolutely like, and I think that 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 state, that's what um, you know experienced competitors and that sort of really dial in on in understanding you know where they mm. optimally work, and um, see so yeah, the inverted U arousal um, theory like so weightlifting basic movement high high arousal gets better results something extremely intricate you know throwing darts something like that low arousal generally better so in terms of arousal you mean like the amped how amped, amped you are yeah, how, yep, yep, yep. so then martial arts is awesome because everyone's different aren't they yep. like on the spectrum some people depending on their style the game the yep. way they fight you know 
look like a Hector Lombard or something. He's highly aroused. Yeah. But you know, he, he's not. He's not. You know, establishing his jab. He's just exploding. Exactly. But that's you know that's playing to his strengths and you know that, that's how he works it. But I think everyone needs to find that that point. Mm. And then because it is, uh, you know, it is a damage based sport. You, you you do need to again. Some people like are going to function highly aroused like you said you know like if, if you're you know like you get into a real fight with someone and, and you're genuinely angry yeah you don't think about um oh have i done enough cardio yeah and is my gas yeah. tank gonna last that doesn't go through your head yeah you're, you're there to hurt someone ultimate survival now it, a lot of people i think don't function very well in that state I do. That's that's where like I'm optimal in that state because I'm a thinker. So if I'm too cerebral and too relaxed and not amped, too you know not aroused, I don't function because then I'm thinking too much and I'm not present in the moment. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think you need to be you need to be working intuitively. So if the preparation's done, you can work intuitively. The patterns are autonomous. Yeah. If it's not, well, yeah, you're in trouble. You know, you're out of your depth. You shouldn't win. But in saying all that, this is exactly why the second that became easy who's gonna want to yeah. do it do you know what yeah. I mean everyone comes in oh everyone's awesome like that's the whole point you know that's that's why like people watch it and, and I think should have great admiration and respect for anyone that puts it on the line even that sucks to go out there and you know put yourself out there and that and takes guts takes balls and you know builds character which is the is the point you know all sport does like I was a PE teacher and I think sport is just a unbelievably effective tool at producing character, good character, because how do you win? You, you know, you've got to move forward. You got to deal with losing, you know, whinging, complaining, excuses. None of that shit works. Doesn't help you. So you see that, like, oh, how's this guy? So you, oh, well, he keeps practicing, keeps mm. trying his best, keeps listening to, you know, his coach. All those things help you in everything. And I think the epitome of that really is um combat sports or high risk sports which is why you know I'm a massive Nitro Circus fan uh-huh. massive Pastrana fan I was watching that the other day unreal because those guys like I use um, Dropkick Murphy as my walkout song that was inspired from you know my coach is an Irishman but also um, Nitro Circus back in the day yeah, no yeah, shit yeah. I didn't know that because like me and my brother we loved that shit because that's that's the same thing like mm. you jump out of a pun out of parachute that's all up here it's like I know a lot of this stuff they do it's like I know like I mean don't get me wrong those guys are incredibly skilled but like a lot of the stuff that it's like that's its own skill and that's the most beautiful skill can you find me a man that can do that and it's like that's a man like that's the, it's, it's like the the fucking commitment level and like it was cool in that Travis podcast to like I've known him a long time yep and to have him say like wow I need to write that down like you just said it beautifully because it's like even he struggles to articulate what drives him to do that but it's almost like like he said there's so much noise in his head and there's so much internal stuff going on that that moment of pulling the fucking trigger and jumping out of a plane is like the moment in his life where there's just silence and to me, I was just like, holy fuck, bro. Like, <laughs> what what's going on in that, in that fucking brain of yours that you need yeah. to jump out of a plane just to get a fucking moment, just to, a moment to yourself? Like, it's, it's, it's fucking crazy. And like, even, did, have you listened to the Harry Bink podcast? No. Dude, listen to that. Like, that Will. kid's a fucking savage. Like, yeah, yeah. He's only, I think he's 24 now. Yep. But um, he, like, he did Nitro World Games last year yeah he won he did a front flip rock solid so like he goes up does a front flip grabs the seat 
lets go of the seat while he's doing a front flip, grabs the seat and lands. But what happened, you get two runs in it. The first run does it crash, knocks himself out, was fucking out, and then gets back up, yep. rips the fucking peak off his helmet, goes up and does it again, lands it, wins a gold medal. Yeah, it's so like, that's... what the fucking commitment? Yep. People can't understand yep. the commitment mentally that it takes to fucking yep. do that. Yep. Like, dude, for, on my thing, like, this whole week before the fight, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to make weight. Oh, I don't know if I should do this. Oh, my arm's fucking sore. Yep. Oh, like, I had my elbow pop out on the Friday night before, like, okay. last week. So, yep. my fucking forearm, I, like, I couldn't get any grips. My Like, I have no strength in my yeah, in yeah, any yeah. of my grip. And I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do it. You just have all this self-doubt yep. that leads up to an event. Yep. And, like, I'm on this fucking micro scale of an event in terms of pressure, money. Yep. There's nothing on the line, man. I yep. just leave that fucking stadium. Whether I win or lose, my life yep. is exactly the fucking same. But then when you're dealing with, like, yourself and Travis and Harry and these guys where it's, like, your profession, your livelihood, like, literally your life changes based on a win or a loss. Yep, yep. But, you know, you like, you find, you find, you know, like, a kid that can do that how can he not be successful mm. you know like uh, for me it, uh, i think character is is your value you know what you offer other people in in um in who you are not what you have you know yeah. i'm beyond that you know obviously you get caught up in materialism like anyone does but you know at, at the core of i'm true to myself that's what i really value you know mm. the people that i value the most in my life aren't people that um offer me things mm. the people that offer me like who they are Mm. you know like you know hard times like the people that support you and that and that's that's through them like what they offer you in those hard times is through like their own development like their own um ability to i don't know to, to show love well that's tough love like your coach mm. and that's still love yeah, that's another beautiful thing like people think love's all this like oh it's okay no but like, love is ruthless and it's also you know, it's a beautiful thing and sometimes it's it's hard and sucks and you know but that's that's character so to have the character too be able to love tough love and that give it out it's but i think that's like you say like that that micro scale but it's like it does change you every time you deal with adversity mm. it does make you stronger in a way that only that adversity can make you stronger yeah i'd agree with that and that's you know like uh again teaching just all these kids and we, we got you know ps4 like our awesome's ps4 like i have kids and they say to me Oh, I don't. I don't want to work. I just want to play my PlayStation, and I'll work at Woolies for eight hours. And I was kind of like, yeah, obviously, you know, saying it's like, ah, you got a point. Like, video yeah. games are awesome. Like, but you know, now I've really realized that like you can have happiness and pleasure um, without going through any adversity. I think in today's mm. world, but it's escapism. Like it's through, and it's so it's not, it's not real. It's not truth. And I think the only way to have like meaning and contentment which i think should be the, the, the core you know um goal like mm. find meaning not happiness but i think to get that meaning you need happiness and pleasure but that's got to come through suffering and sacrifice which is mm. adversity well i think that like i always use an analogy of like i 100 agree I, I i use this analogy of like cocaine right yep so yep. you fucking rack Perfect. up a couple lines yep bang 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 high yep. as a fucking kite Oh, this is fucking awesome and you're like hugging all your mates at the bar and you fucking yep. got the swag and the confidence to talk to every bitch in the bar bam pull out the bird that you want fucking smash away woo fucking killing it life's great and then that's because you're high right yep but 
what why do you have the feeling of high and, it, and not in terms of the drugs or anything but yep. that feeling of high comes because you have an offset reference point of low yep and i think yep. that i think that that's like in my life that's been like the thing that's helped me the most okay because i've i've had a man i fucking left home at at 18 moved yep. to melbourne then i moved to la and i lived yep. in la by myself for fucking seven years yep and then i had all of this like i had no help well well i had help but i had no family when i was there yep. i had none of my old friends i fucking was broke i was rich i was fucking you know you just up yep. and down and up it's just this chaotic mess that yep. was my life for like seven years yep. fun as fuck yep. but i had some of the lowest lows of my life there yep. and i had some of the highest highs yeah and in those moments of low, you have to realize that back to the cocaine thing, that cocaine thing is only fun because you're not doing it 24 hours a day. Yep. If you're doing that 24 hours a day, then yep. it just becomes your baseline. Yep. Like it just yeah, becomes yep, yep. this zero point. Yep. So then you're not high anymore. You're just baseline. Yep. So I think that you have to appreciate that life is a spectrum. Yep. You've got negative 10, you've got 10, and then you've got zero. Yep. And you can't be at 10 all the time because if you're at 10 all the time, that just moves to zero. Yep. And then yep. there's a 10 and a negative 10 of that. Life exists on this spectrum yep. and you need to appreciate that without the spectrum from zero to negative 10, zero to 10 doesn't mean shit. Yep. You have to have something to offset the, the high yep. because without that, you, it's just normal. And we all need that. And I think that the lower the low, the higher the high. Yep. And I think that to to your example of the kid that wants to play PlayStation and work at Woolies, yep. you're existing in a very limited spectrum. Absolutely. And I think that that's why I, I definitely try and use this podcast to encourage people to get as fucking far out of their comfort zone as they possibly can yep. because you go to a negative fucking 30 like perfect example i i didn't eat really all last week yep yep how fucking good did a beer taste on on uh, that yeah. saturday afternoon i hear i hear if if i drank beer every single night yep that saturday would have just been normal yep that beer wouldn't have tasted any fucking yep. better you yep. have to you have to put yourself in these extreme ends of either like sadness or happiness or not sad, but adversity uh, yep. to, to appreciate. Yep. You can find such goodness in these little moments of life. Yep. When you've struggled to fucking get them. That's it. That's, that's what I, like, I think that's what beauty is. That's what truth is. Yeah. You know, that's exactly, you know, so that I think, you know, other, other people though get caught up in the suffering. You know what I mean? Like you can escape in the happiness, drugs sort of mm. thing, video games, whatever it is. But then you can also get stuck on that other end of the spectrum, just 100%. stupid suffering, which is why I think, like you said, selecting your suffering and understanding that suffering brings reward and then that reward brings meaning and you mm. get that middle line, you know, the middle road. Funny enough, everything ends up being, you know, somewhere along the middle road. But if you're smart with your suffering, mm. you know, you can get what and, you want. And dude, we know like I've got a friend that is like, when you hang around this motherfucker, like I was just yeah, talking yeah. about Tiger Woods, right? Yep. Like Tiger Woods wants to party with this guy. Like yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. most fun motherfucker. <laughs> and, and I mean, literally Tiger Woods wants to party. Yep. Like they hang out, they fucking yeah, party. Yeah, yeah, This guy is just like on level fucking infinity of like rad, cool. He's this, the dude. Yep. But then when you, when all the people are away and all the party yeah. lights are off, he's the fucking darkest cunt in the room. 
and that's the spectrum, bro. Yep. That's that's that guy's gift, and yep. it's that guy's curse. Yep. And yep. and I think that when you don't understand the relationship, yep. You know, and I think that I guess you know what you're saying that guy that just wants to work eight hours and play video games, his spectrum's so small. Yep. And there's yep. there's not really much room for shit to fuck up. Yep. So yes. I think that you restrict your own high. Yep. You put a ceiling on your own, uh, the p- potential of the human experience. You've yep. capped it out. Yep. But if you then open that spectrum up and you put yourself out there to say, get fucking knocked out in an MMA fight, that's, yep. that's a fucking low point. Yep. That's when your head's on the canvas and you're asleep and you got a ref waking <laughs> you up and you got fucking lights in your eyes. That's a low point, man. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. And that's a low point not a lot of people will experience. Yep. But then on the other side of that, that the spectrum that you're then opening yourself up to on the high side of life yep. is crazy. Yep. Yep. No, I think I think that's absolutely what, what it's all about. And I, I don't drawn to it. I don't think people understand that you need that you need that challenge. You need that intense like yep. um I don't know, like is it risk? Is it just I guess yep. it's just getting out of your comfort zone. Yep. And that's different things for different people. Like yep. if you wanna hike, like let's say you're a fucking hiker and you wanna go and hike to a waterfall in the Gold Coast. Yep. Imagine if you booked a trip to the Himalayas and you yes. did fucking base camp. Yep. The reward that you're going to feel. But to yep. do that, you've got to be miserable. You've yep. got to be cold. You've got to be scared. Yep. You've got to be at risk of fucking freezing to death, dying. But yep. then the high on the other side of that. So if you like, if you chase waterfalls in the Gold Coast yep. and that's your high, think of just how much more meaning that you can extract from that exact yes. same activity if you... But I guess the result of that would be that you open yourself up to this whole other end of the spectrum. And yep. I think that it's it's wrong to say that's bad, that's good. It all just is. Yes. Yep. You know, yep. and it's a it's a part of it. Yep. Yep. Well, that's right. It's, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, th- th- there's one Travis Pastrana, isn't there? Like, mm. you know, like yeah, that, that's certainly not for everyone and certainly not everyone would get contentment out of that or meaning out of, out of his pursuit. But that's why I think art is such a beautiful thing because that's his pursuit. Like I said, he's obviously got this crazy dopamine system and yeah. that's what he's drawn to. And it would suck if every single person in the world, obviously, was drawn to that same thing. But that's why it's such a cool, like conceptually, of I think choosing your art form, whatever that is, your yeah. craft, your interest, and then being all you can be in that pursuit and pursuing that I feel will bring a lot of meaning yeah it'll face you with adversity setbacks you keep pushing through you love it you know you, you'll enjoy the journey because it's you know it's what you truly are interested in mm. and then like that again as as a the, the teacher in me is like that's what we should be telling these kids to do like, education is yeah. applied philosophy like yeah. let's work out what we love doing we don't like find what we love doing and then be all you can be in that and through that journey, you'll build character. You'll build the ability to fuck up that massive trick, get back up, go, no, this is what I do. I'm doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like you say, where does someone start who doesn't have the confidence to deal with any level of adversity? Like, yeah. you know, you're afraid to get in elevators and that sort of thing. But that, you know, like I think that's discipline. Disciplines, you know, the, the like cognitive sacrifice mm. you're going no like this isn't me being impulsive I'm, I'm doing the dishes so I've got clean dishes tomorrow yeah. I think that's where you can start maybe you know with some of these kids because I used to think that, like, man this kid like 
doesn't have support, doesn't have, like, how do you actually build in them anything? Like, they don't yeah. want to play, we do sports, so you get like the kids, they're the stars, yeah, I love it, like they're in the zone, yeah, they look awesome, and they're scoring all the goals. But then like the other kids who haven't had, you know, parents kicking balls with them and that, they're uncoordinated, like, it's like, yeah, man, like, I feel for this kid. Like, I don't want him to get up here and embarrass himself and it's ruthless in the playground. But then I, again, I think that like, to the message should be to that kid is like, hey man, this is these negatives, right? And we're yep. stacking up and we're, we're now all of a sudden we're at negative 30, yep. which means your reward is going to be on the positive 30. Yep. And it's like, I think it's just, we've got to yep. establish that relationship to where it's like all this fucking bad shit that's happening to you yep. is only going to make the reward better. So yep. stack it up, bro. Stack up the fucking fact that your dad's a pisshead and doesn't want to kick the ball with you. Yep. Stack up the fact that you're not the most physically gifted guy because when you do fucking make it yep when you do make it your reward is going to be so much better than the kid that had it handed to him and the kid that had the natural oh, yeah. talent and the kid that had the dad and the new footy boots yep and i think that it's just flipping that perspective of what yep. actually is negative and yep. then if you're using that example then you almost feel sorry for the kid that has everything yep. because his opportunity to reach a level of fulfillment through the activity yep. is capped yep. based on circumstances that are out of his Beautiful. control. Yep. So I think it's it's just getting away to like fucking flip the perspective. And you can use that in your every fucking day life, man. Yep. Every single person can apply that exact same fucking theory to their life. So here's my question with that because I, I, I 100% agree. But do you think you can apply that unless you have not done that? Like, unless you've actually done some things in your life where you've gone, I'm not proud of that. That's not how I wanted to do it. You know, like, because I sort of think maybe that's the case because it's, you know, like you tell a kid that and like, there's some smart kids out there. They'll be like, yeah, that does make sense. Like, why mm. am I going to whinge and complain? But I think there's something inside that doesn't quite, like, can't do that when, when the adversity still comes. It's like making that step yeah. until it's like, it's been through and, you know, gone like, I don't know, like yeah, said I, something yeah. they regret saying, that kind of thing. I like, agree with you because I think about people that, um, like I've said this before, uh, maybe with either Sam Webb or Brad Smile, to where like, like I got a friend that went through depression for the first time Yep, and uh, it was pretty bad for him and I've been through depression in my life and got over it. Yep. So I had that win. Yep. But when it's your first time going through a hardship, when it's your first time with depression, whether it's your first time with addiction, and you don't have that reference point of beating that thing, yep. then so that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, it's like when absolutely. you haven't when you haven't done it, you don't know you can. And when you know you can, it becomes bring it on. easier when you know you can. Well, and yeah, that's right. And now I live my life like going like I don't give a fuck now. Like whatever throw it at me like i've come yep. over i've come over sicknesses where they've said i was gonna die i've had fucking you know zero dollars in my account in a foreign country and yeah, sat yeah. at a fucking gas station for four hours until the time zone switched to where i could transfer my mum yeah, could yeah, give me yeah. money so i could get fuel i was in fucking compton dude just yeah. sitting in a locked fucking car as a white white guy in Compton yep. shitting my fucking pants with not like I had no no money and I just sat and I had no way to leave this fucking gas station yep and it's like you know that you just you just get over it and you constantly now I just don't have any doubts in myself but for a person 
like when I sort of saw my friend go yep. through this struggle and he was a, he's a fucking good looking dude. Yep. Best, one of the best people I fucking know, like yep. period. Yep. And he went through this and he had no reference point for how to get out. Yep. And I'm telling him and I was like, you can get through this man. When I fucking mark my words, bro, when you get through this, then you'll have this amazing clarity of being able to get through everything. Yep. But it's fuck, you're on the edge of giving up. And you're either, this is the fight, man. This is the fucking win or the lose. Yep. And it's like, you don't have a choice now. And then once you get through that, you will have a reference point for the rest of your life. And I think that you're right. Like, that is the question. Like, how do you get people to believe that they can get through that first fight? Because, you know, like you've just got through, it just happened to you in your career. You're undefeated. I mean, I'm sure you've lost before, obviously, in, whether it be judo yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, your professional career, you lose. And then that's that moment of going, well, I need to get back and i got to win. And yep. then you, you go, well, I've come back from a loss now. Yep. And build and build and build. Exactly. So you're right. Like, that is the question. That That is the thing. But I guess it's fucking education, man. It's just knowledge. Like, knowledge is power when it comes to that kind of stuff. To And it, especially with with kids and with young people yep. and i mean we people that listen to this podcast and send a bunch of messages saying that this helped me get through this this helped me get through awesome. that it's just fucking knowledge man yep. if you know that it can and you you get perspective and yep. and i've said before on this that i think that the biggest curse of humanity is that you only get one perspective and there's a default perspective i think it's called your dmn default mo- uh, default mode network or something like that okay okay um but basically it's it's the way that your brain is it sort of gets patterned responses to things yes and yep. people can get patterned to negativity yes and yes you can actually change that um d- default mode network i'm pretty sure it i'll fucking yeah yeah yeah, anyway, yeah. Oh, but okay. um but i know that i've done some research into like uh, microdosing mushrooms yeah yeah yep Yep. And um, part of that research shows that you can, they say that that DMN is basically set by the time you're about 16, 17 years old. Okay. So that's sort of that developmental period. You become an adult. The way that you think, yep. it's the way that your your brain drifts off in traffic. Your, yep. You know what I mean? It's, yes. it's that kind of, as soon as you like switch off. Yep. and you go on that autopilot mode, that's that DMN. Yep. So if you're, you've programmed these negative responses, you've had a bad childhood, then yep. you've got to actively try and rewrite that, that network. Yep. And that's one of the things that um, microdosing uh, mushrooms okay, actually okay. helps to like reset that right. network. Yep. But yep. I think that you can do it yourself just through disciplined, disciplined thinking because I, I think too like, we're like a slave to our thoughts a lot more than we think we are. Absolutely. But it's like, where do the thoughts get? Like the thoughts have to come from us. Yeah. Like there is like, we're telling ourselves, like, I think we think when we have that negative voice in our head that it's coming from somewhere else. Yep. It's yep. our, it's our voice. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like the hardest one to program. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I mean, how can you not sort of, I, like for me, just appreciate like how you know, I, like I, I I take a lot of um, I don't know, in pride I guess with how you know I have dealt with with some things in that 
you know, and, and where I'm at now. Yeah, like I am chasing my dream now. I'm loving it. Like yeah. it's unreal. And, and I attribute that to dealing with, you know, I had some really big challenges early on in my career. It put me out for a few years and, and that's the thing. And I'm back now and doing my thing. And, you know, but it's like I, I attribute all of that to the people that I had around me, the example that was set. Yeah. Like I've just seen, you know, everyone from, you know, like my mom, my coaches and teammates and like my closest mates and that. There's just no, like, a lot of them are really intelligent people and that's where you get to the other because it's like well, they're like 10% of the population will talk about philosophy. Yeah. 90% won't. So, I mean, I don't know what that is. Um, but if people aren't even going to think about these things, then how do you get that disciplined thinking to make changes? That's right. But when it's, you're around that's people... That's that knowledge. Yeah. And that's so, so... I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by people who just... They're always going to be successful at what they do because yeah. they just persevere and are, you know, value-based. They're chasing to... to to be <laughs> to be all they can be yeah and that day in day out there's just no like no one you know if we're training at the garage or something someone makes some i don't know bitchy remark or something like about something being hard or something it's like there's just this culture that's just pathetic like yeah. it's just like i can't stand it you know I mean, a coach can't stand it that's just, it, there's just zero tolerance for it and it's like but that conditions your mind. Exactly. That's what you said. So then that's that that default becomes yep. like it's easy. Like you don't even have this like, oh, maybe I should like try doing something else or no, it's like, what happened? How can I fix it? Analyze, evaluate, create, move forward. Like that's just what you do. And then you get meaning out of that. And like you said, you feel those successes and it's addictive. It's more mm. addictive than anything. It's like, yeah. But if you've been surrounded by people who are like, oh this is too hard I can't do this yeah. then, like, you know and it's like that's just luck is it I don't know yeah I mean but at the end of the day like oh, there's people in shit situations yep. there's people born into shit families yep. there's people that have shit cards and it, yep. and it gets dealt but the problem yep. with like and I think to like society almost rewards victim mentality these days absolutely and Uh, I think a huge part of that is social media. People can just fucking complain. They can just complain. And people can complain for a hobby. People can complain for a living. People can criticize for a living. Yeah, yeah. And and we have such a default for negativity because I think that if you look at, um, like, let's look at pre- pre-human civilization yep. you're out in the fucking woods something yep. rattles in the bushes what do yep. you think of do you think it's a fluffy bunny that gets killed gets killed young yeah or do you think it's a fucking tiger that's yep. gonna rip your throat out and eat you asshole first yep you think it's a tiger why because it serves you well yep to think that it is a tiger and go yep. on the defensive instantly yep instantly you want to go on that defensive yep and i think that in that sense, we're programmed to, uh, I guess, like default go to negative until we know it's safe. And then yep. you can go, oh, no, it's just a bunny. Yep. But our reaction is for safety is yep. to go to that negative place. Yep. But now we don't have tigers in the bushes. We don't have wolves and bears and, you know, nothing's going to yep. break through these doors and fuck us up. Yep. And it's like, but that negative bias yes. still exists just yes. in like a biological sense yeah. in a way yeah, so i yeah. think that now like you gotta just be conscious of it and it's like hey we do have this bias towards negativity yep. but that bias is still your voice yep like and i think that's like that's such a big thing that 
people need to get that that negative voice in your head is still your voice. That's you. That's yep. you talking to you. Yep. And you could just as easily be saying, nah, bitch, get up and go to the gym. Yep. And yep. it's like, even, dude, like, even with training me, like, I'm sore as fuck, yep. a little bit sick, don't really want to get beat up, my toe fucking hurts, my arm hurts, and yep. that voice is saying, don't go to training. But it's like, I just get my bag and I just get out the door yep. and I get on the mat and like slowly that voice goes away. You end up kind of being in that moment that yep. you went, that, that you were chasing that you get there for. Yep. And then that voice goes away and it's like, then you just, you form habits and, yep. but I mean, it's like, regardless of whether you've got a shitty fucking parent, you've got bad luck, you fucking hate your boss. Those yep. negative thoughts are still yours. You have yep. to own those thoughts yep. because it's fucking your voice. Yep. You can't overcome it unless you accept it, accept your humanity and you can overcome it. But yeah, I think that's, that's, you know, a beautiful point. Like, you know, Muhammad Ali, got the picture of him back there. He's, he's not, he's not never feeling a negative thought or never thinking, yeah, but he's, exactly he's going, right. that's doubt. I'm not focusing on that. Control your focus. You know, like you can't choose like you're saying. Yeah. But they just become masters at it. Mm. And that's it. That's like a fucking amazing point that you just said that it's like, Ali still has doubts in his fucking brain. Everyone. Yep. It's not like, and I think that like you look at like a Conor McGregor and you're like, yep. man, he just never has a fucking bad day. He never doesn't go to, he never doesn't want, not want to go to training. He's never too sore. He's never too tired. He's never scared. He's all of those. Yep. But he's a master of controlling those thoughts and being the boss of his yep. own mind. Because it's like all of the battles in your life are fucking fought in this fist size cavity yep. in your fucking head. Yep. And it's like because you know there's there's a have, do you are you into Jordan Peterson at all? Absolutely. Have you read his book? <laughs> Absolutely. You know when he's talking about um fuck what am I referencing now? I've just kind of forgot. Oh, he's talking about like the victim mentality. Yep. Because I actually I had a friend that had an ex girlfriend that like and I tried to tell him like bro, this chick is just a fucking victim. Everything in her life, she's just a victim. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, she's she was getting a job that was far away from where she lived and then she sat in traffic and then she complained about the traffic and then she said that she was putting on weight because she didn't have time to go to the gym. And I'm like, all of this shit is like this chick making these decisions to stay a victim. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not on board with this. Fucked I, up. And I had like this fucking epiphany. And now, I, and I looked and I just looked at all these fucking people I knew that were like playing a victim. Yep. And I was like, light bulb moment. And then I read Jordan Peterson's book where he was talking, it's called 12 Rules for Life, if anyone wants to listen to it, it's fucking incredible. Awesome. Um, but he was saying that that whole victim thing is, uh, there's no point doing it yep. because there's always somebody worse off than you. There's... The, yeah, only, yeah, yeah. the only time it would make sense to play a victim and say, poor me, is if you were the worst off person in the world. <laughs> but it's impossible. Yep. You couldn't find the worst. You could not find... If you're like, oh, I've got this struggle because I uh, my dad was a piece of shit. Yep. And then the next person comes along and says, all right, well, my dad was a piece of shit too. And my leg got blown off in Afghanistan. And then the next dude goes... Yep oh, well, my dad's a piece of shit and both my legs got blown. So it's like, it's yep. just this fucking... And then as soon as you can realize and you go like, oh, fuck, yep. I can't complain. I'm not yep. the worst off person in the world. Yep. And I, I think that, that that was like a really 
great thing for me to read. And I think that whole book is full of oh. things that you know, but you've never really articulated or had articulated to you. And then when it, once it's articulated, yep. it just makes so much sense. Yep. Yep. No, I'm, I'm a massive Peterson fan. Like, like you say, um, and what do you say? You don't become less afraid. You become braver or whatever like that. I mm. just think it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's you know fucking, I mean? yeah, it's that's like, that's so true. You, you never become less afraid. Yep. But you just, I guess, have more courage, right? Yep. Yep. And it builds. And that's how you see those guys. You see these guys in, in any field that become great. I think that's what makes them, makes them great. Not the, you know, gifts or whatever. Like mm. the, the, the core of it is that they've just developed this spirit that doesn't know how to quit. doesn't know, you know, like. Yeah. Because it's, it's a choice, man. Yep. It's just yep. a choice. Everything yep. that happens in your life is a choice that you make. Yeah. And there's action reaction. Yep. You might have made a good choice. Fucked up thing happened. Yep. Still a choice. You know, you just got to, you got to wear it. Like I say, yeah. There's one of the reasons that I really wanted to get you on the podcast. Yep. Once Georgia told me like, oh, you got to get Aaron on. And I started following you on Instagram and I yeah, could yeah. really see like there's a thoughtfulness in you and even obviously even in this conversation you're super well read you're very philosophical and i think that it's something that i enjoy in people because you're right like what 10 percent of the people talk about philosophy and i i think it's i think it's so important like way more important than people think because there's so many examples of of like you kind of know something, but you've never articulated it. You've never yep. been able to articulate it. And it's like yep. when you talk to people or when you read things or when you listen to things, it's those light bulb moments and those light bulb moments can change your life. Yeah. And Priceless. is it always been something that you've been interested in? Yeah. Like my, my um father's a very, very intelligent man. And so, you know, like the, these sort of discussions were, something that that he um enjoyed and that and um see that's fucking cool man like i i my dad's not a guy i I have these conversations with just a different style of dude yep but that must have been cool to kind of grow up with that kind of like awareness or like that conversation taking place yeah again i mean i I just thought it was you know it didn't seem like anything different to me Mm. yeah yeah exactly but then i guess yeah as you sort of get older not many people want to talk about philosophy or anything like that you know mm. it's kind of you know people aren't interested but what do you think that is i think when you start asking questions i think you inevitably realize how for want of a better word pathetic we are like you start to once you start to go like what is a great i'm saying man what is a great person you know what what virtues do they contain and you start going like and again where we get this from that's debatable we don't know but you know everyone has their own perspective and mm. we seem to have the correlation that being brave is cool you know no one's like oh he's brave you know? yeah what a loser yeah. he's so brave exactly yeah. being selfish not it's cool. like a it's a very positive virtue yeah. and it has been throughout time exactly across all cultures like whatever that that's not the point the point is we, ha- we have these virtues i think once you start to look at it like okay that is where I get satisfaction from, like meaning content when I do do those things that I, not when, you know, I get a cool pair of shoes, like, yeah, that mm. makes me happy for a while, but that's not where I get that, you know, that prolonged sense of, of purpose and meaning and value in your own life. And I think that that's not easy to deal with. Like that's really hard to deal with and can make you feel pretty, pretty down with where you are, with how you've dealt with things. And, and that's like, 
the first step, which is probably a big one to take to go, you know, because first you got to acknowledge that like I'm nothing what nothing compared to what I can, which is again, that's that Shakespeare's to be or not Adorning, to be. That meant yeah. nothing to me. That meant nothing to me as a kid. I had to teach English and I had Shakespeare. Oh no. And then you're stuck like, that is like everything. It's like exactly that. You think, you know, like I'm not living up to my own sense of what a, a, a great person should be living up to. And then it's like, well, how can I do that? It's like, oh, well, I do all these things. I don't like, I can't change all of that. It's so much. And then it's like, oh, I better just, I just mm. play PlayStation. Just go out, get wasted. Like, you know what I mean? It's, 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 a, it's a confronting thing. I don't think it's the easy road to no. try and be what you can be. I think it's hard, but I think it's the only road that's going to bring proper meaning. So you, you've got escapism and I, I can't like, I can understand why people escapism is attractive, why it works for, you know, but I don't think you're not being true to yourself mm. and that's what it comes down to. I, I don't know. What do you think? Why do you think people are interested in it? Yeah, I just think, I think you're right. Like, I think it's just hard. Like, I think it's hard to be honest with yourself. I think it's hard to be critical of yourself. Yep. And I just, I, again, like more and more, I think that we're just taught that we're supposed to be happy all the time. Like we're, we're, ta- we're taught that like, that if it's not if, like, I think that people lose perspective of like the life as a whole. Yep. Like how long, all right, let's just, I'm going to do some quick math. This is yep. not something I've done before. <laughs> so there's 365 days in a year. Let's say I live to be 80 years old. Yep. That's 29,200 days of my life. Okay. What the fuck does one shit day... Like, if that was dollars, <laughs> right? If that if that was dollars... Yep. You take one dollar out of that. Yep. D- does it matter? No. Like, what the fuck? Would you, you wouldn't even notice. Or let's say you could print that 29,000 as to, like, one big check. Yep. What would it... What would ripping one dollar out of that... Yep. Like you wouldn't even notice it. Yep. It barely fucking changed the the shape of the object. Yep. And I think that people put so much focus on like a, a bad day, a bad yep. week, a yep. fucking a bad night. And it's like, it's fucking insignificant. In that 29,200 number, Yep. it's a fucking 0.000, yep. you know what I mean? Yep. And I think that like whenever there's bad times in my life or bad weeks or bad days yep. i just take myself out of that day yep. and i just yep. and i i try and imagine that day as a blip on the timeline of my life because ultimately in my life i've had more good experiences yep. than bad and it's like i mean I'm, I'm fairly pragmatic in in the way that i think like yep i think i have a like I'm one of these, I feel like I'm a creative person with the film and all the stuff that I do. And yep. I, I like that. And even in my training, I like to try and be creative. Yep. But then when it really comes down to certain things, like last night I was fucking drawing flow charts of like my game. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm looking, I'm like, what is this? Where, like, if I draw it, can I see holes? Yep. If I draw it, can I make it? quicker can i make the process of so i have like a pragmatic brain in that sense absolutely and so maybe it's just easier for me to like pull back but i just think people live in this like i think people like live and wallow in the weight of a moment and that they don't have as much perspective that a moment is only just a moment yep so it's like i just don't see the point in 
like living in a moment. And then I think that on the biggest scale of like thinking about philosophy and stuff like that, it's like if you're so consumed by the moment, like philosophy isn't about the right now in a way. It is like about that big picture. So I think until you can remove yourself from, you know, being stuck in the moment. Yep. Or it's like even like a bad patch in a relationship, right? Yep. Like you go through a bad month or you go through a bad week and you're fucking arguing every day. Yep. And I've had this with in my relationship where I've literally said to my girlfriend, I'm like, fuck man, if we're going to stay, say we stay together till we die. Yep. What the fuck does this week mean? Yep. It's yeah. really not like this doesn't define a relationship. Yep. Like, are we even going to remember yeah, that we yeah, argued yeah. for this, this week? Yep. So it's like, you know, I just, I think again, it's like, we just have this, I think it's a mix of like society kind of painting this picture of happiness yep, and promoting happiness as this only feeling. And it's like, you only want to be happy. Yep. But again, I just, I think that you have to think that life is this balance of good and bad and without bad, you can't have good. So embrace the bad. Yep. So it's like, I don't know. And I just, I think, I think though people are getting into it more and more. Yeah. And I, um, taking that off, I guess the response that podcasts get where we do go deep into this kind of stuff. And that's why when we start talking about it, I'm just like, let's fucking just go. Cause I want, <laughs> like I want people to have those light bulb moments Yep. because I've had light bulb moments that have changed my life yep. like completely. Yep. And it's like, I think that if you've got someone you trust and someone that you listen to a lot, yep. someone that has come through for you with little nuggets of fucking gold, then it becomes a lot easier to then, when you kind of do have those light bulb moments, you can like take it because I think the, the best way to learn a lesson is to learn it yourself. Yep. But if you can develop a brain that does learn through being told something and trusting that it's right. Yep. You know, cause you probably got that with your coaches. They're like telling you to do something. That's not a lesson you've learned, but it's like, you're taking their word for it. You're taking it on board and then you are doing better because of it. Yeah. It's like, I, and I guess maybe that's just not like a stubbornness or it's like an open-minded kind of perspective that you'd have to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What's well, that? You know, you are who you surround yourself by. I guess like, you know, mm. part of it, like that, that symbiotic relationship. But again, does that just come from, you know, like that's cultivated, isn't it? Like yeah. the understanding that, yeah, hold on, you know, these people do, you know, do things how, how I want to do them or, you know, live lives that that i admire or whatever and so if they're telling me you know this is the way to go then i should listen yeah. to that but you know like i was terrible as a kid as, as i'm sure you were like most people that you know have those more dopamine type systems seem to for whatever reason you know it's like no that's what i want to do so i'm yeah. gonna do it and then you know you know the stove does burn me okay yeah you know, the fire pit is hot okay i know that now but yeah so but then like you say that's to experience that and then to see that i think that's when it really becomes like when you can start appreciating those bad times because it's like like you said like you had the, those highs and lows but it's like I don't know would you change any of that for where you are now this like understanding no, that you had, that's what I mean that's that's what the beautiful thing is because it's like you think some of those lows hurt so much you know but it's like would you take back your loss no 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 chance ever because that you know there, there were some big changes I made in, in my personal life that absolutely it's a blessing yeah. without you know without a doubt like it's almost scary 
what would have happened if, if it didn't happen? You know, that's yeah. just like eight weeks ago. And that's the other scary thing. It's ongoing, isn't it? Because you sort of, you know, if you're talking to me before, I'd be like, no, I'm, I'm doing all right in that. But then, you know, when you're forced to go, oh, what was I doing? And, you know, it's like, yeah. but then you've got that capacity. You've got that philosophy to fall back on. Mm. You're asking those questions. You know, because the other, if you don't have that philosophy, um, then what do you fall back onto? Then you fall back onto like, oh, this shit, I'm going to go party for a while. Like, fucking... Uh, you know that's with everything and it's like so you are your applied philosophy whether you know yeah. what that is or not and yeah. whether you've got some other ideology but you don't apply it like you are the philosophy you apply so it's like well control that philosophy and then see what happens yeah like, and cultivate a, that philosophy yeah yeah, yeah and that's yeah exactly like how do you know what you want <laughs> how do you yeah. know like oh, i want this i want this one this. well why like you know and i think once you can understand that then it's like i just you just get this appreciation for it then for the hard time but again it's like how badly do you know when you talk about suffering that's like man yeah there's a a perspective like losing a pro fight like you still go home you still got a fucking car you got money in the bank you got fuel to get home like you know it's it is it again it's just that perspective and i think it's like it's not living in that moment like if you just wallowed in that moment of that loss it's fucking devastating yep but then if you can pull back scale it out on that twenty nine thousand two hundred. Yep. day fucking timeline right. it's like yeah it might be a sort of significant event in that timeline but yep. it doesn't define your life yep and i think yeah that's where like you said that applied philosophy and like having that philosophy to fall back on i think that's like an interesting thing that you said like we all do ha- like even if you're a person that you're like oh, i'm not that interested in philosophy well you have a philosophy yes and yep. that's interesting i've never thought yep. of it like that no no definitely but you just might not be aware of it. Yeah. Therefore, you're not really in control of it. Yeah. And have you cultivated that philosophy by choice? Or have the... Like, I always say this example of like... I think there's two types of people in the world. Yep. There's people that happen to the world. There's people that have influence over the world. And then there's people that the world happens to them. And yep. the, the yep. world has ultimate influence on their life. Yep. And... I try to fucking X those cunts out of my life. Like, if you're a person that happens to the world, oh, I got stuck in traffic. Oh, this happened. Oh, that yep. happened. Oh, this happened to me. Oh, then I'm like, fuck right off. Yep. Like, I want the people that's like, dude, I just fucking made this happen. I just did this. This this happened. Oh, like, you, yep. you, you go through life and it's like you're... Like, think of it as like the matrix. And it's like, are you the one that's influencing that? Or are you just a constant yep. result of, of the fucking, the matrix? And it's like, I don't know. I've, I've had stuff in my life where I felt like fucking Neo in the matrix in terms of like, you know, I've said a, a before, like I was at customs in LA once and I was like sketched out on going in on a holiday visa. And then I get down to the line and then i see this one dude like laughing and smiling and being really nice to everyone but there's like 40 fucking people there that potentially could have been the one to stamp my passport and then you've got like so there's 40 people there then you've got three lines and then those three lines funnel into like yep you got all it and i was like i want that motherfucker to be the one that stamps my passport and like i don't know that was the guy that i got and it's like is that me like influencing the matrix like how much influence do we have over our surroundings more than what we think we do yeah and it's like or are you the person that negative would go like oh fuck i'd never get that guy what are the odds what are the odds of getting that yep so it's like yeah i just think that there's so much power in that kind of thinking yeah. of like are you gonna happen to the world yep. or are you just gonna let the world happen to you because the world doesn't give a fuck yep the world does not give a 
fuck. Yep. You're so insignificant to the world. So it's like, make your mark. Be a person that happens to the world. Let the world know that you're here. Yep. Or it's just going to run over you. Yeah. And it's you don't have to be famous to let the world know you're happening to it. You've just got to be in control. Be the one that's making the choices. Be the one that's... Um, you know, making an impact on the things that, that you do. Yep. So it's yep. like, I don't know. I just feel like there's just those, those tiny little ways of thinking. Just if you really commit to them and believe in them, they can yep. just become so powerful for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what thinking is really, isn't it? Like that's what you can use it for. Should mm. use it for. Yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, it's just like that whole, I think it's just so that voice in your head is yours. You own that. You control that. Yep. There's no... I like that. That's not coming from anywhere. Where else is it coming from? Yep. Yep. You know, and it's like that that good angel, bad devil kind of thing. It's yep. still you. Yep. So, and it's like, you know, there's so many people where it's like, they're a bad drunk. Oh, I'm yeah, a bad yeah, drunk. Yeah. No, that's you. <laughs> you're, you're a bad person when you drink. Like, that's not... That's you. You're yeah, doing yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, so... Um, so you will backtrack a little bit. So you're, uh, on the Olympic judo team, right? So that's all that Australian judo team. As a junior development team. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So like they had this junior program, um, set up by the government to sort of bring people through. Because obviously judo being an Olympic sport. Yep. Yep. So very different, um, in terms of, yeah, like it's, it's competition structure. Mm. It's not professional. Um, yeah, it's... (laughs) a painful sport <laughs> dude i had like i had like not not that i had no respect for judo yeah but i just didn't understand how fucking savage Man, judo was it dude. is a warrior culture like none other like mm. that whole samurai thing that runs deep in, in all different kinds of interpretations but it is a no yeah it's ruthless yeah like yeah so what got you into so was your dad was pretty into martial arts right yeah yes he did judo and um karate and amateur boxing when, when he was a kid he's from New Zealand um, so he did all that so sort of which is also another warrior culture yeah yeah well uh, yeah he, he's um like he's his ancestry is Scottish if you go through but you know like Australia there's a lot of mm. um, you know, immigration and that through through the sort of 18th century I think yeah well, that'd be right taught history yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah yeah absolutely like that you know Again, Kiwis always aim to look at the Kiwis in the UFC, man. They're killing it. They're tough kids. Like, you know, there's not a lot of people over there. They're all... Well, we just had Janae Harding on the podcast. Like, she's a bad, bad motherfucker, man. Like, her attitude. Like, yeah. No joke, those fucking Kiwis. Yeah. So, yeah, old man man was into it and just sort of, you know, loved wrestling and that as a kid. And, yeah, one of my best mates um, sort of started doing judo with me and... From there, loved it and competed, and you know, I loved the combat sense of it. So there's lots of rule changes in judo, which like I hated. So they took away grabbing the legs and that, which you know, yeah, okay. it's like well, this combat. The most effective way to take a man down and control him is to grab his leg. I want to be able to grab his leg. Do you know what I mean? So things like that, and but like fireman's carry where you grab the leg, that was my main. Even Joe Pete spent your whole life doing two or three techniques. That's it. Yeah, right. You know, it's very just um, sharpening that fucking blade. Yep, yep. yep. Um. So yeah, I sort of moved away from that more and more and then started doing a bit of cross training at jiu-jitsu clubs and that for fun and all that sort of thing and ended up um, in it, it, it integrated when um, Dan Higgins, who's, who's my coach, was, was running things. I remember just watching him, just the most beautiful displays of, you know, like... Control. Well, with, with judo, like he was throwing people with like, oh. you know, the MMA spar. 
fit like he'd done judo on that you know in his earlier days and 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 just you know master everywhere but just seeing you know what he'd do to do to people was just you know like for, for a young kid who loved martial arts it's like man i just want to follow this guy around yeah yeah <laughs> just want to be able to do that you know and and you know lucky enough to to have been able to do that so yeah stuck around and yeah did you get super into jiu-jitsu straight away like once you started doing it or uh yeah like like i said the the, the combative elements of martial arts were always appealed to me so whenever i was cross-training jiu-jitsu it was like my mind's always going like how do I do this in a fight like how do I do this in a fight like yeah, you know okay. what I mean like in a real fight like you know what if someone fought me like how do I you know apply this or you yeah. know which again is why those rule changes were so frustrating in judo because I did love judo and it's in terms of you know competitive spirit and that sort of thing and it is beautiful. like that combat yeah yeah but when the rule set that it's like man I can't do any of this it's all grip fighting and mm. you know like it's like this isn't I want to be able to shoot double legs single legs yeah. body lock people like and what then, you do in real life yep yep so you know, jiu-jitsu obviously, like, um, that had the, the biggest name tied into MMA and that, especially yep. back yep. then. You know, everyone was winning with, with some injuries. So I think that's a natural progression. Judo, jiu-jitsu was cross-training a bit at the time anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, you know, M- MMA, I think, is the closest thing we've got to replicating real combat, which still, you know, arguably isn't really that close, but it's, you know, it, well, it, I it's think a good it, measuring stick. Yeah, oh, yeah, and it's the easiest to understand. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you know, you get it with judo, it's like there's rules and if you don't watch it, especially jiu-jitsu. Like jiu-jitsu is the worst martial arts. Like it will never be mainstream because it just looks like two dudes on the ground just fucking stuck together rolling around. But the intricacies and the details yep. and there's so much in it. It's the most yep. complex, yep. but therefore the most hard to understand. And yep. I think that that's why the UFC has exploded is because you can be a fucking nana that yep. is at an Irish bar on a Sunday yep. watching a fight and like you can follow along. Absolutely. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. Definitely. So when did you start thinking about life as a professional mixed martial artist? Um, well, martial arts is all I ever wanted to do. And and like I said, I, like I dropped out of school in um, like halfway through year nine, I stopped going. But by year 10, I was unenrolled and, and whatever and just wanted to just do the judo thing, play yep. go to the Olympics and do whatever I can, you know, like, and, and for the most part, that still is my dream. It's been yep. the same dream the whole time, you know, but there's no money in judo or anything like that. And real combat's the, the test for me that, that I'm drawn to. So that pursuit is, is channeled to martial arts. It's a very natural transition because, well, you get paid to do it. You can um test yourself in, in the closest form to no real combat that there is. Um, and you know, like I love it. So, uh, with every, um, uh, what is it? Intent or, you know, future plan, we'll, we'll move into coaching and, and that sort of thing. You mm. know, when I'm done competing and lifelong. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's crazy that, yeah, martial arts does seem to become a thing for people that it just is yep. like, there's no end yep. date to it. Like, I mean, I posted a picture on my Instagram of two dudes in like the oldest masters white belt category from yep. the weekend yeah and no, i saw that i saw that and i was just like you know what that's why i fucking love this yep like yep. what what does it mean like what must it mean to be 65 years old and doing a combat sport like what yeah. there must be something special to that sport you know and i think that um it's hard to understand if you haven't done it yep. but once you do it 
you yep. understand you might not be able to articulate what it is that draws you in but there is something there that draws you to it yeah that you know like even like i was saying to the boys like i went training and friday night open mats and they're like how, how are you bro i was like fuck i've been so busy dude i'm so glad i can come here and chill yep. but it's like i'm not really going there to chill i'm going there to fight people for an yeah, hour and a half. yeah like, yeah 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 and there's all these dudes that are gonna just fuck me up yep. but that's in my head i'm going there to relax like what the fuck's that yeah but there's just this crazy thing that that happens eh? and it, that thing draws people in for life yeah yeah um, my theory with that is like i think like sex and violence too very like going back to that you know innate thing like they are in everyone Primal. yeah and i think it, it's very much like you know like everyone likes sex but you don't just go sleeping around, around, around like that doesn't get you know what i mean and it's like i think if we're honest with ourselves people do like to you know to to, to fight someone and win mm. like it, it, it's an addictive feeling so but that doesn't mean you go on the street and just bash someone because you can mm. like you know you're, you're the king you don't just like killing people because you know you get this survivalist drive that, that is built into to you know whatever our nervous system that gives you a reward for it mm. that's terrible and that, that's another crazy thing about the human species that we're, to, we're able to actually acknowledge that mm. and not because why are we just all running around having sex with everyone fighting like that's what because that is where you get a lot of pleasure from mm. you know which is also a cool thing but to me you know jujitsu and martial arts are a way of like positively you know like having a good relationship where mm. you can enjoy those things in a very healthy way and get meaning from them i think that's um i think that's why there's you know like because it just keeps building, and building. people just love jiu-jitsu because it's yeah. like a healthy way of getting that combative instinctive thing that you get a lot of reward from and i think that it's it's rewarding to have something that doesn't have an end and there's no cheat codes you can't yep. you can't buy anything in martial arts yep and I, well, I mean, unless you do one of those like kind of shit karate schools where it's like 130 bucks <laughs> to get your black belt. But like in terms of like at my school, like if I walked in, I said, Fabio, I'll give you a thousand bucks to give me a purple belt. He'd go, suck a dick. Yeah. Like it's not, you can't do it. Yep. And I can't, like you could buy privates and you could, you could do it full time and you could buy your way into training yep. more, but it's the only way to get better would be just to do it more. Yep. And I think that there's no shortcuts. There's no, yep. you know, like I think that is ultimately appealing to people as well, because there is a, I think there is a reward that comes from like, you know, you put the cheat codes into a PlayStation game. It's like yes. fun as fuck for an hour. Yes. But yep. then it's like, there's no, yeah, there's no, escape is, yep. yeah, there's no yep. challenge in that anymore. Absolutely. And I think we need, there is something yep. in us that needs to be challenged and that like you said kind of at the start like that's maybe where the meaning comes from yeah i think so it's 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 truth yeah <laughs> oh, i just got submitted he beat me yeah oh i just managed to escape and fast i just got better like that's that innate, innate rewards and again i think that comes through in all different arts and crafts though isn't it like you know you, you paint a picture and you go oh that looks how i wanted it to look yep. intended to look you know that's rewards if that doesn't that's a negative yeah that's that's truth but i think like you say, like there is something. Uh, I'm very biased, and, yeah. and you would be too. So yeah, hard for exactly, us this conversation, yeah. but there does seem to be something even more appealing about you know that those, those base level drivers also behind you know combat sports. And where, I think you probably said it right, where it's like ticking that primal box. Yep. And then ticking that you know creative reward system sort of box as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's like it's probably like a double edge kind of thing. Yeah. Do you like? 
the moment of fighting like do you like that 15 minutes of uh, is it fun do you chase that feeling of being in the cage or do you chase the the moment of truth at the end of it whether you win or lose because i don't chase the feeling of well i mean I, that's what like i've got like a weird thing with the jujitsu comp stuff because well, the first two comps I won, so that felt great. Yep. And I enjoyed the winning and I enjoyed the fights because I won. Yep. But I also lost fights as well through yep. the through the tournament. So it's like I kind of got to experience both. But even this week going into this comp, like yep. I wasn't I didn't really want I didn't really want to do the feeling, the lead up sucked. I wish I could I wish it was just you could just do it and then leave kind of thing. It's yep. like that whole is it's very uncomfortable yep. that week because maybe that's the most doubt you can have in yourself, yeah. I guess. So maybe that's what it is, is just it brings all of those things to the surface that you don't really want to fuck with mentally. Yeah. And but I mean then again, like when I was on the mat and I did was in that five minutes i did enjoy it like but yep. I, oh, well, man i don't know like i don't know if i enjoyed it or if I, I was just there and i was just doing it and maybe that's the beautiful thing is that you're yeah. just there and nothing else nothing can else matter in that moment i don't know like I'd be, i'm interested on your take of it and obviously you've done it so much more well i think that 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 um oh, there's a japanese word for it but but i've lost it um for you being being completely present and that in the moment is um is a beautiful thing. You know, like if I just suddenly like picked up that threw it at you, suddenly you're present. Like you yeah. switched on, you're there. Now that um that awareness, that presence. It's all like that prefrontal cor- cortex kind of deal, right? Yeah, yeah. Well you're not um you're not thinking about philosophy, which yeah. is the yin and yang of it all, like yeah, this lifestyle. Yeah. But then for me, there's a psychological principle, dippy. So dangerous, interesting, pleasurable, or important. If something's not one of those things, you won't have attention for it. Okay. Now so say that again. So, dippy, dangerous, interesting, pleasurable, or important. So, for me, like, I can't pay attention, like, I can't do things unless I find them one of those four things. But it's like, like, I feel the people have different thresholds and different interests, so what's important to them, what's interesting to them, you know, is very different. But for me, it's like, this is the only thing that I can pay attention to. Yeah. Like, that I can be, like, my life is, is, I'm really disciplined. But I'm super impulsive. Like, if I go out, and that's me. Like, but I can control it because I am interested in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, to me, that's what, like, I I, I need it. And it is, it's, like, definitely for me as a person, that's my biggest struggle is my reliance on it. Because it's, like, without it, I get just no, nothing out of anything. Yeah, right. So it's just, like, this state of meaningless being which is incredibly depressing and I, I can't function. So for me, it's like I completely understand that I need it to be scary and uncomfortable. Otherwise, I'm not going to get that that danger kick out of it. Yeah. And that's like, what's the point? Like, I may as well not be alive. There's no point for my life if, like, that's something that I've, you know, really struggled with and, and that sort of thing because I just don't have that, uh, Not in, like, I, I could not care less for, you know, like, if, if I'm at, I don't know, like a group of people to us, I'm not interested in us. I just can't. Some people seem to be able to engage much better in that. Like this is easy because we've got common interests. Yeah. So that ticks that interest box. So it's like, I'm here. I'm present. Awesome. Yeah. But like other things, I just can't do it, man. Yeah. Like if we started talking about the footy on the weekend, you're out. Well, yeah, it's not my thing. And like, so it's like, well, I've got to accept 
And then now it's like, I don't just accept it. Like, I want it. Like, I want that discomfort. Like, I want... Because the second it's not, like, I'm fucked. Because yeah. the second fighting's like, I can just show up and that's just another fight. God, yeah. It's like, well, now, now what? Like, now where do I get that? You know, so it's... That's yeah. interesting that you've identified that in yourself. It I wonder helps. how many other fighters are going through what you're going through, but they don't have that uh, psychological awareness of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that seems like it would be a weapon now to you. Well, to it's, understand it's easy that. because there, there's no part of me anymore that has any kind of wish for when I'm uncomfortable in, you know, this process, like weight cutting week in that. In, in that area, I'm like, like, it's all like, this is the whole point. Like, I know this is the point. And I know mm. what happens when I don't have this in my life. You know, because, you know, look, I, I spent, it was nearly three years I couldn't yeah, fight so for what, my injury. How did you go when you got injured? So tell people what happened with the injuries and then how that stopped you. Because that, like, when you're saying that, I'm like, well, fuck, you didn't have this for like a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I had fractured femur, torn meniscus in each knee. And how did you, you break your femur? Through, I don't know. I don't know when I broke it. Really? It was fractured. So it wasn't like it was the end of it was fractured. So it's not like I had a chunk missing through the middle. Yeah, of it. okay. Um, but so I actually had that. I had the scans done before I fought Medina, who I'm about to fight this weekend. Um, got cortisone, fought him, then went straight to hospital. So that was my fourth fight, fourth first round win. So career was going awesome. I got spent a long time, you know, like in the lead up and that. You know, with my coach and that, making sure we're ready to, to start fighting and that sort of thing. And, you know, like one of those highs and then, yeah, it all, all sort of went the other way. Because, um, yeah, like I, I sort of, you know, the surgeon explaining to me was, was was sort of, I don't think she really had much of appreciation of how much. It meant know, to you. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I didn't know that, you know, like I woke up and had a wheelchair there and like I, that didn't even cross my mind that I was going to spend time. So what was the injury? So it was a femur? Yeah, so yeah, the the femur, both um, meniscus is in my left and right knee, and the medial MCL on, on my left. So it's it just from doing the judo as a kid. I'd had knee surgery before, and, and the cartilage had worn through, so it was grinding in the joint. And unfortunately, with cartilage, there's a few little things now that seem to be getting better and better. But there's no way at the moment to like no. bring it right back. You know, like knee reconstruction um, takes longer, essentially, but you do get back. But cartilage, because I had, I had 80% of one of the meniscus trimmed out when I was 16 from judo. Fuck. And that's like, he was like, you know, the surgeon was like, look, when you're, you know, 30s and that, you're going to have to slow right down and point a little bit. I train a lot. Happened a lot earlier. So going through that just put me in this state of like, you know, that, that, that took a long time. And I didn't have this understanding that you do get the, the, the you know, dopamine reward system and it's very natural to like all athletes experience it you know even someone goes to the gym where you don't get your, your runners high or whatever it yeah, is yeah. you feel down Yeah. but when you don't understand it it's fucked because you're like why the fuck do I feel like this yeah I'm a happy person yeah Yeah, but you know I got yeah, and you can go like oh I got all these good things everything's great everything's, you know like and I did like but it's like still feel shit so you like you actively like took stock of your life like hey this is all like I am happy but it was on paper yes exactly exactly yeah. and that's my point earlier it's like maybe you've got to experience these things because you know over those you know it took me nearly three years like I did have um, you know like other problems because of that with like my, my relationship like I was in a long term relationship that ended um, and, and like the rest of my life like I, I just wouldn't attend like family things that but I get so much meaning out of my family that but everything was just 
I got to get back to training. I got to train, I got to train, I got to train, I got to train. Like, retool one of them, just everything, just obsessive focus with getting it back. Because that's, like, I guess how I valued myself and all that sort of thing. And well, that's that's a problem with athletes is that yep. your identity becomes yeah. the thing that you do, not the person that you are. And it's very hard to detach from that. And I think that athletes have it. And I mean, like, dude, as like, I don't want to sound fucking retarded saying this, but even with this, it's like, this podcast is getting fucking massive. Yep. And then it's like, how do you then like, I'm super aware that like, this cannot be me. Like, right. this is a thing that I do. This yes. isn't me. Yep. And yep. I think that, I'm lucky to have a head start in that I've worked with athletes for a long time. Right. I've worked with a lot of athletes that they had that identity crisis. Yep. So for me, I'm like, fuck, like I need to really, really watch this. Like this cannot be a thing that goes to my head and defines me. Yep. And you start to see that as things get like, there's a podcast that I, they call the H3H3 podcast. Okay. And the dude, um, super kooky dude and his wife run it. And he's got like autism and, um, not autism. He's got, uh, fuck. What's all he's got like Tourette's and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. um, so like you can see their content change because all of a sudden he's gone from like this dude that did this interesting podcast to now like Ethan from H3H3. Right. And it's like, yep. it's actually changing the content. Right. So it's like, you're getting wrapped up in yep. this is now becoming your identity and you're like yep. you're valuing yourself as this yes. person but then it changes the product which made you that so it becomes like yep. this fucking super weird thing yep so and i think that a lot of athletes don't they don't have the introspection because they don't need it at the time you perfect you don't need to yep think what would happen if you didn't have this you don't need to think if is this defining me in an unhealthy way yep but it's only in those times when it's taken away like you experience yep. that you have to identify yep. and like man it's something that like it freaks me the fuck out of like keep this keep this in your brain at yes, all times yeah. like you oh, I'm the same, do man. not I'm the do same. not let this don't forget this shit define you because yep. you know and like we we're talking about conor mcgregor earlier it's like is he now it's like you become a caricature of yourself. Yep. And then you stop being yourself and you just start being the character. And I wonder, I'm like, and you know, that press conference we were talking about with Khabib and Connor. Khabib is not being a caricature of himself. No. He's just being Khabib. Yep. And then you see Connor on that stage as being this character of Connor. But it's like, is Connor actively disassociating himself from the character and himself or is he just one big ball of Conor McGregor that's just rap like he is his persona and it's like a, it's a fucking super dangerous place to be because anything can take it away and if your existence and if your self-worth is wrapped yep. up in what you are not who you are yep then that's... you run into a f- fucking issue yeah yeah I don't think you're absolutely right and so no, that's I... that was the place where you got to right yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I, I, I still haven't reached you know, any level of start or anything like that. But for me, it, that, that was my dream, my pursuit, and I was on the way, you mm. know, kicking goals in, in, in that pursuit and dream. And, you know, I'm very aware of the sacrifices that people have made for me as well. You know, mm, so there's a sense true. of I'm not doing what, you know, I wanted to do. You know, because it, it's impossible not to have had the, the support that I've had from, from, you know, everybody that's been part of my life and not feel 
a lot of gratitude towards them. Yeah. And part of, you know, of course they don't care. They couldn't, they just want me to be happy. But you all feel responsibility. Well, yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, and, and they would all like, you know, be, be extremely annoyed. Like that, that I'd even say, you know, like, cause yeah. they just want you to be happy. They just want you to, you know, be doing you. But you, you can't not feel a sense of obligation to go, you know, this is what I said I'm going to do and, and I'm yeah. going to do it. You know, so uh, yeah, definitely struggled with, with, with all of that stuff. And, that fortunately had the right people around me to to get me through it. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that, that's. And again. so, how long were you off? Um, it was just under three years. That's a before I fucking again. long time, dude. Yep, that's crazy. So again, I was I was always training at whatever level I could, um, you know. But it took a long time to be able to wrestle properly. Obviously, you know, striking on my feet took a long time to to be able to get back to to doing. And then there's, of course, you know, every time I do train, I get inflammation and that. But yeah, but now we're good. So mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's know. a that's a crazy thing to go through. And do you think that, like, we said you wouldn't take back your loss. Would you take those three years back? Well, no. Because, like I said, because that is priceless. Like, that's what... It's just... Like you said, so I just have this confidence in myself because, like, I know... You can get through it. Yeah. You know? And that's... You know, as much as it sucks, because I look at those things, it's like, it really is, it's it's a different kind of feeling where you can go, I know what, I, like, I know I'm going to be successful. And that's, that's a crazy feeling because you can't get that kind of... You can't buy that. No, you can't get that self-confidence. Like that self-confidence has to be earned through getting over your own problems and mm. coming out the other side. And some people don't, some people go into that victim mentality and then, you know, I was fortunate, whatever it is, but I've gotten through it now. And mm. I've dealt with that shit and it's just like, was it pretty dark though for a while? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was easily like that's like the worst I've I've felt. You know, I've got a good life, but that you know, like just the the hormonal thing's big because that does fuck you. When you used to train since a little kid, you get that dopamine and that. When you yeah. lose that, like that does put you in a like understanding that helps so much. Yeah, once yeah. I like it was like oh yeah, well that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, like, no, of course. You get all these good hormones. Now I don't. My body you know, has adapted to getting you know a lot of them. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, well, yeah. Of course, I feel shit. Doesn't mean anything's wrong. Like just keep moving forward. But do you do you know Stuart Cooper? The yeah, yeah, Stuart Cooper. Yeah. yeah. So he said that he was like crazy depressed when yeah. he had that drug problem that okay. he had. Did you listen to that podcast? With no, him? dude. So he he was addicted to fucking Valium. Right. And he, because he was traveling all over the world, he constantly had jet lag, time zones, couldn't sleep. He just was popping a Valium a day for like three years. Yep. And then he flew into Melbourne and because he lived in Thailand, you don't need a prescription for Valium. You just go buy the shit. Okay. So then he comes, he goes, well, I don't want to go to Melbourne without a prescription. So I'll leave my Valium at home. Yep. Gets to Melbourne, has fucking full withdrawals from Valium. And then, then starts this process. He goes, fuck, I'm a drug addict now. Yeah. Gets gets back to Thailand, flies back to um, his parents in the UK, yep, and then gets off cold turkey. Gets off Valium, which is which is super dangerous, but no one no one would prescribe him anything to get him through. Right, and um, so then anyway, gets over the drug addiction side of things on the physical end, but suffered a crazy depression, and he had the perspective to know that like he was a happy person his life was good it was just yes. the, it was this drug issue that had made him depressed okay but interestingly he went and did ayahuasca 
Yeah, okay. And okay. then he said that he had this experience that was like filled with love and gratitude and it just like illuminated like all the people that love him. Yep. And then he just said it was like a cloud that got lifted. But he interestingly had the perspective of the, similar to you that like, yep. well, it's only because of this that I am depressed. Yep. Like this isn't me. Yes. On, on the whole. Yep. And I think that, I mean, we kind of said it before, but like it's fucking hard to have that perspective because yep. I mean, yeah, everyone like there'd be so many people that'd be like, "I'll just get over it," you know. Yeah. But it's hard when it is yeah. that chemical based thing that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's um, like you say, it's fucking scary, really. It's you know, cool how, that how you can get thrown off balance, but then, mm. you know, you got the right people around you, and and that's it's priceless having that awareness of mm. you know of of who you want to be in, ter- yeah. in terms of character because I think that's the only thing that can can get you back on track because yeah. you set targets and you you know you you fuck up and then you go no I fucked up I'm changing that yeah yeah so you did a uni degree in that three years right uh, no no so I'd start so when I started training with Dan Higgins he, he said you gotta get something really so I was a teenager yep and that's fucking cool yeah absolutely that's what shout I mean. out to Dan Higgins yeah yeah shout out to Dan Higgins that's fucking rad um and he's probably the only man in the world that, you know, teenage me would have listened, listened to. to yeah. You know, that's get a respect, uni son. Go on to uni. Fucking fight him, mate. No, yeah. But you know what I mean? So I did, went to, yeah, yep, finished my degree. And again, that was, you know, again, what a sort of blessing that ended up being. Because when I was injured, like, at least I could. Mm. At the same time, like, I sort of got out of surgery and finished my degree that semester. Yeah. So then once So you did a teaching degree, right? Yep, yep. So health. So how did it go doing. A teaching degree when you dropped out of school in grade nine. So I did, did you have um, to do TAFE? Yes. So I did so foreign fitness and then that gave me like an OP equivalent enough to get into oh, education. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. You can sort of... Backdoor your way I mean, in. I don't know how I ended up being a teacher, man. Yeah. I do, but yeah. But you're... Right now. You, you come across as a guy that wants to share knowledge and, you know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson always says, because um, he obviously teaches and lectures yep. and stuff like that. And he always says that there's, if you ask a person how many teachers like influence their life, like that you still remember as an yeah, adult, yeah. everybody, unless you are like a hyper fucking nerd, super into school, which is very rare, yep. then you might have one to three teachers that you actually remembered yep. that made a mark on your life. Yep. And Neil deGrasse Tyson would always say to people that were lecturing or teachers, say, just be that teacher. Yeah. Just be that teacher. Do yep. something to have that influence over that one kid because there are teachers that do change your life. And I think that, man. fuck, man, education's just... I hated school, but... Yeah. Education... Like, not... The saying knowledge is power is, like, maybe the most powerful saying. And, like, that's my favorite fucking quote of all time. Yeah, Because you don't know what you don't know. Yep. You have to fucking <laughs> find out, man. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, teaching's unreal. Like, so it was there a fulfillment in that that you didn't oh, even know that man, you were going to get? No, I I loved it. Like, if I didn't have this, like, you know, this is like I love what I'm doing now. That's my dream, and I'm living my dream. So, that's uh, you know. But teaching, it's like there's there's this marking and bullshit and that. But like, yeah. people don't become teachers because they want to make a heap of money. You yeah. know what I mean? Most people become teachers because like that they, they are awesome people. And like the teachers I like worked with, man, so they're just like, yeah, like they're just this mum, 
you know, but like the impact that they have on their students and the amount they care for their students that like you said, like the students don't even know right now. And But like down the track, those students are going to look back and go like, man, like this teacher like helped me. And yeah. it's like, you see that all the time and it's so beautiful. And just how you see like all these problems in society. Everyone's like, oh, so he's bringing it down. It's like, oh, we're teaching the wrong thing. It's like, man, you don't even know. Like a lot of these teachers, they're, like they are just genuine, good, value-based people trying to, just trying to make trying, a difference putting in crazy hours to to make a difference in that and it's it's a thankless job but it does you know as a, as you know an australian citizen it's like that filled me with pride like yeah. the, these people that i met and seeing them in there don't get me wrong like you know there, there's, there's some idiots there's in there as well teachers yeah, too, yeah yeah definitely but the majority of them man it's like i think that's like comes back to what we're saying too like that negativity bias like yeah you do choose to focus on the negative yep. teachers like i fucking remember yeah. all the teachers that were pieces of shit to me and it's like yeah you know you lump them into that category and it's the same as like saying all police officers are fucking exactly and like all like yep. blanket terms are just like dangerous across the board yep. but they're so easy yeah yeah it's, yeah yeah so easy to like kind of put those put people into those categories yep Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking dangerous. Dangerous to dangerous. do. Um, we're, we're talking before about the Conor Khabib thing. What do you think about the press conference? Yeah, look, like, I, I am, like I said, I, I think, I, like, you, you can, I don't know, you can hate on someone talking smack, and I, I don't, like, that's not how I was brought up in that, but you can't hate on someone who constantly goes after challenges, backs themselves mm. and pulls through. Like you, you can't not hate on that. Like that is 100% without a doubt a, a, an admirable quality that he yeah. possesses far beyond what most people ever will. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's that same thing. How do you want to look at it? Like, just look at it as like, yeah, that's some amazing things. Now, whether this is all become too much for him and that's more than understandable like yeah. i said you give me a hundred million dollars like, i don't want i don't want a hundred million dollars because that's yeah. too much to not go absolutely crazy and the attention like he's yeah, probably the that. biggest sports star on the planet yeah yep. like he's bigger than floyd oh yeah yeah way like, bigger and imagine but as, as like in his own code i don't know like but that last press conference was just like you say you need i don't know i don't know how you control that like you need some people around you who uh, i don't know I have no idea. I just, and imagine too, like the people just setting up these pins for you that are like, you look and you're like, you've knocked, knocked them down. Fucking strike. Next time you cannot fucking do this strike. Yep. And it's just like, if you keep knocking them fucking pins down and do it, like you got to think like six years ago, the cunt was a plumber. Yeah. And it's like, you look now, there's no roadmap for superstardom in, in the way that he's been, you know, thrust into that kind of spotlight. And it's like, but, and he just keeps getting in and knocking motherfuckers out. Or, yep. you know, I was, I think he was amazing against Floyd. Yeah. Like, and I think he just pulled off the greatest fucking heist of all time. <laughs> like to steal a hundred million dollars from boxing. Like that was a fucking heist, son. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he stole that money. And yeah. that, but from like under everyone's noses and totally legally. And yeah, you know, like that's genius, bro. Like yeah. he just extracted, he just goes, give me that. He just fucking took that money. So it's yeah. like, yeah, you can't, and no one else has done it. Who, who's done that? Who had the fucking balls? Who had the foresight? Who had the courage yeah. to just put themselves out there? Get fucking in the ring with the greatest boxer of all time for 10, 10 fucking, what, eight rounds, 10 rounds. That's 
but that's what I mean. Like that is that you know you you're applied philosophy. That he's not moving away from from challenges. Yeah, like there's no roadmap to that level of success. And obviously, there has been elements of you know creating the perfect storm. I guess in in that level of superstar. But that approach to anything is going to bring a massive level of success. Yeah, you know, like he's lost fights as well. Was what, you know when I mean? he lost like, to Diaz and then got straight back in? Was that like an influence on you? Um, I've I've seen I've seen that kind of thing since I was a kid. Yeah, okay. do you know what I mean? With with all the people that are good at, at any martial art, it's just like to to not go back in is like, come on, man. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I've done martial arts my whole life. Imagine if I take that first loss and go like, oh, I'll just chill here for a bit. Like that's just. You know what I mean? I get like, yeah, you can look at it and go, oh, that's cool. But it's like from in there, you know what I mean? Be the same, yeah, like someone doing motocross, like has one. Yeah, one bad race. I'm not saying you break your neck. That's different. Like, do you know what I mean? Like MMA, you can get hurt pretty bad. I didn't get hurt in that regard. You know, like that's different. But taking a loss, yeah, that's the measure. Yeah. That's that's the best measure. Not off your wins like how do you handle a loss yeah and it's like like you said that that changes something in you and that constant evolution you get stronger you get better you get braver and then you just keep taking those challenges how can you not be successful because like no one wants to do that yeah well no like for whatever reason it's like we know that's the answer like that is the roadmap to success like get like test yourself outside your comfort zone so acknowledge that keep testing outside your comfort zone you're gonna lose yeah Test yourself 20 times, you're going to lose a couple times. But now you're better, way yeah. better. You just pushed yourself those 20 times. It's like, that's all you got to do. And then it's just, it's... um. But it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, yeah. But I th- like you say, but it builds, it's it's the spiral, isn't it? Because yeah. it's like, once like you said, once you get that success, it's like, you know. Yeah. You're like, nah, this is how it works. Yeah. This is how it works. You, you can't cheat it. The same way that like, if you, if you cheat and take shortcuts, you end up, coming short mm. if you don't cheat and don't take shortcuts but take your losses you can't not I, I can't see how you can't not be successful at yeah, anything I agree for sure like and without I, some you know natural disaster coming yeah. to you like what but yeah yeah shit that's in your control yeah, yeah exactly but it's funny like and when Fabio said to me on the like cause I've been fucking doing well in the gym yep. and I probably you know what like he said like yep everyone has a fucking ego when they walk in and I probably was just way too cocky way too okay. fucking stoked on myself and how much I'd gotten better yep. because you see yourself improve in the gym yep. but you know what you don't get fucking medals in the gym Yeah, yep. and I've learned that this weekend yep. they give out a fucking medal based on <laughs> what you do at the comp and yep. no that fucking dude that beat me he doesn't know that I've been doing good shit in the gym he don't give a fuck yep the people that are on the comp don't give a fuck yep. no like it only matters on the day yep. and and it's like yeah. it's what it's it's what you do when it matters that matters yeah. yeah and it's like i was maybe building myself up in this safety environment of right. the gym and around right. people that i know and you have success over people that you have been doing it longer than you and you know what I mean that they're yep. ranked higher than you and that gives you this like false sense of um yep. your ability maybe and then I went out and even though like I lost the fight through things I did wrong yep. I still lost yep and yep. it's like I, I honestly think it was a great lesson to just shut the fuck up about what I do in the gym because it means nothing and yep. I think that this is a really this was a really great weekend for me to now 
I guess take this forward until it's like just shut the fuck up in the gym. It doesn't matter. Like not that I tell like yeah, not yeah. you know what I mean. But in my head, like I tell my oh you're doing good. That was great. That was great. You know. And I guess there's like got to be a balance of like patting yourself on the back. Yep. But like ultimate humility until the time that it really matters because again none of that shit fucking matters. Yeah. And it's like it it was a it definitely was like a lesson in that this weekend of like you've got to treat everything well it's like don't don't pay any mind to the stuff that really doesn't matter yep so because it's like it's only when they put that comp time on that people are really going to show you a hundred percent because it it is win win or lose but in the gym you know who knows how hard people are going who knows if you really got that who knows if you would have got that if it was in a comp and there was something on the line so it's like you know you kind of build these false little fucking safety nets for yourself yeah. to like give you confidence yep. but then it's like none of that shit really fucking actually means anything when it when it comes down to it yep that's got to pursue truth yeah and I mean yeah hard, <laughs> hard fucking lesson to learn um, who do you think is going to win the fight between Connor and Khabib you're a fucking wrestler so you're probably going to go the wrestler dude uh, yeah like uh, I can appreciate shooting him for takedowns blindly which could be yeah, I think. Um, yeah, so who who do you think's winning this this fight? I think like, I think someone's gonna make someone look silly, which is why it's such a beautiful fight. Yeah. you know, like in their own areas, does so so skilled. But I think if yeah, I mean, McGregor might just go clock on the way in. Yeah, and dance out of there. But um, but I think if he doesn't, it's the know, ultimate. It's, like for me, this is one of the craziest fights in the so UFC cool. like ever. Yeah, styles. Because, yeah, they say styles make fights, right? Yep. And you've got Conor McGregor could easy, easy as fuck Aldo Khabib. He could Aldo that motherfucker like that. But if he doesn't, yeah, then Khabib is going to Barbosa him. And he's yeah. just going to... Yep. Let me tell you that if Khabib gets Conor on the ground, yeah. Conor is going to want to die. Yeah. Like uh, I agree. That's a fucking scary, scary, oh. scary, scary place to be. Man. And I then if Khabib worse. and if Connor gets Khabib, Khabib's not gonna want to die. He's not even gonna know where the fuck he is. Yeah. He's yeah. Go- he's gonna be gone. So yeah. it's like this is just such a f- this is like maybe one of the most razor edge fights where there is zero, zero chance of fucking error for either of these guys. Yep. Like it's gonna yeah. be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think the psychological component is massive because I think no one like you just can't comprehend what it would be like to have oh. whatever seventy thousand people going nuts for this guy, and, and plus then, the like the three million people that are watching on TV. Yeah, true, 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 true. And then he like he he plays that card so well. You know, all the talk he's like using reverse like positive affirmations. You know, like if you want to sort a sports cycle, everything they tell you like to focus on like you know visualize things going well like you know like understand what could happen and have you know plans in place he just blasts them over and over again that's who's on that press conference like you're just gonna shoot at my leg you're just gonna shoot at my leg you he just put it in their mind over and over again so then when you're there crowd's going crazy he's standing there telling you he's gonna kill you it's like real now and you know what I mean it's like this is the bad guy that I'm meant to beat and you know it's like the hero villain thing and he like puts you in position of like feeling like you know it's your duty I don't know like build so much pressure on him and then he's put that in the head over and over and over again, like that, what not to do. And so then the pain, oh, I'm not going to do that. Dive on some little single. And- yeah. Because Khabib definitely doesn't set 
his shit up that well. But does he have to? Well, I think that that that, that pressure Against style people, fight is, you know? is, is, is beautiful. And that, yeah, I don't know. Like you say, yeah, I'd like just jump on a low single, and is McGregor going to be able to to get out? I I don't know. Which I guess is what you know does make it so so, so beautiful. Yeah. But you would think like that. I think the, we'll see this fight again, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I think you just keep running, yeah. mate. Like, but it it's like I think that. I just don't know if you can underestimate like how fucked up Dagestan is as like a place to grow up. Like you're a hard, you're a hard dude based on the environment of judo and wrestling and this entire life of like martial arts, right? Like you're a fuck, you've been exposed to the grind of martial arts, but can you imagine being exposed to the grind of martial arts where you don't have fucking surface yeah. paradise to go and swim in and you know what I mean? This this is where it gets really interesting because that, that makes sense like from the streets, from the ghetto, like got that hunger. But like Maslow's hierarchy, like if you don't have your base needs covered, like um, it's very hard to focus on something that's not essential. So like your arts and hobbies and that, that sort of pursuit comes once like you've got Everything like food, else shelter, water, yeah, like yeah, the base yeah. needs. So I think like People, I think, can sort of like, you know, like Western culture in in, in, in like all fields is, is very successful. Look at the Olympics; you know, yeah. the US does really well. But like, none of those Olympians need to be participating in sport to eat. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these Eastern European countries, like that, is their ticket. Yeah. So, well, why is it? Because that puts so there's so much more like emotion drives motivation. So you've got to have that shit squared away, or like. There is too much pressure. Like you're not going to handle the the psychological. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to like your motivations all skewed. Like I think I don't know. Like that 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 to me because that's something that I've you know, thought of heaps. Because you do get you know why is it that 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 there are kids that you know don't need to be doing this and they still are do still it. good at you know, finding yeah. the core of that. Like oh he's so hungry because he. But it's like well yeah but if if you're hungry enough to be like that good at fighting and you can probably work a normal job and get by. Yeah. Like you can probably find a way to get by that doesn't yeah like it is sort of I think it's interesting the way that you explained that without fighting you're you're not you 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 lose a big part of yourself you become not happy not fulfilled but it's like you don't need to fight you're not you don't need to fight your way no. out of fucking the gold coast no you know what i mean like out of a great life in yeah. australia and I, but there is something in you that does drive and maybe Connor does have that to wear. That's what I mean. You know, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. I guess maybe it's not as much of a factor as what maybe I think it is. You bring up kids in school, man. Like that, the kids that do really well usually have really good support at home. Not yeah. that they can't, but like you play a numbers game, it's like you get the kids in like the um, like extracurricular classes and that, like the high achievers. Most of them have um, uh, like married parents. Yep. Most of them have like this is just playing numbers. This isn't saying at all yeah, no, that there's I, yeah. not some kid who's got that ethic, got that yeah. thing, whatever, done it. But like the numbers statistically, game, yeah, it's like there's correlation with support at home, with being brought up, with you know care and love and these things. It's like that's meant to be soft, like makes you soft. But it's like no, because like like I said, love's tough sometimes. Like you know, good parents and that they will make their kid work hard and discipline and that, but not so far out of their comfort zone that they need to be fighting to survive. Yeah. It's like, whoa, come on. That's not how we build, 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 build. It's, you know, I think that gets a bit... Um, Misconstrued, get, you yeah. think? Yeah. Makes, makes an awesome story, super inspiring, but I, I don't think it's the, the meta for bringing up, you know, I think, you know, like, give people an awesome life, like Spartan culture. 
It was yeah, like, right. we're going to look up. You get leisure time. You get to hang out. We train fucking hard. We, you know, go at it. But like, we, everyone's dancing naked. We're taking care of girls. You yeah. know, you're not worrying about like, oh, I want to go out, play like, I'm not in some dirty gym in, you yeah. know, some country with nothing. It's like, <laughs> like all these other things are awesome. Like, we got food whenever we need it. We got, you know what I mean? And yeah. then it's like, you can endure a lot more. Dude, it makes sense. I've never really thought about it. Like, you are right. Like, we go hard as fuck at training. Like, I was watching Friday night. Like, I actually sat out a couple of roles because of the comp on Saturday. Right. And I was watching Shane and Sean. Do you, you know Shane uh, Shane Young? He's a purple belt from our gym. He, he competes a lot, but he's a fucking okay. bunch, of, a bunch of people that in this circle sort of know him. But anyway, okay. he, him and this uh, guy, Sean, are yep. like two purple belts at our gym. They're fucking, like awesome yep and they're really good friends yep and we were i was watching them friday night and they were fucking sending it like it was gnarly and and i guess when you're talking about that it kind of just made me think of how much harder are they gonna go of that it's like they they probably don't have that much harder like they were fucking they were trying to fuck each other up yeah and they're best friends yep and it's like they you're right like on that friday night that's every Friday night. They don't need to be doing that. And yeah. I'm sort of thinking like with me, like I don't need to go and get fucking choked by Greg on a Friday night, like five times in five minutes. <laughs> like that's not, I don't need that. I'm not fighting for survival, but yep. there is, you're right. There is something. So yeah, maybe that's not as big a factor as people like to play it out, but it's a storyline that you can easily run with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. You just, fuck, you just made me think about something a lot, a lot differently. <laughs> But yeah, I think it's it's definitely a crazy yeah it's a crazy fight for the um just I just no, I just don't think we've ever seen something on the razor edge like this you know yeah where it's they're so good at, at what, what they, they do. do yep and it's the exact opposite thing yep and it's like the yeah it's who the fuck could predict this what are the odds gonna be how did this is this is the first fight where I just someone's gonna get completely fucked up well, yeah like there's, that's, that's there's no and if it goes to a decision it's gonna be because khabib like it, it won't go I to can't a decision. See it decision, won't go yeah. to a decision because connor will tap yeah i could see like i could honestly see connor just tapping to just after that third round and just taken straight down for the fourth time yeah just held straight pressure yeah. like a little fuck like tap tap due to strikes i could see but that's that okay happening. as well you yeah. know what i mean like Come on, like, I don't think that takes anything away from him either. Fuck like, it's no. kind of, you know, like, because that's what sucks. Like, that's what will happen. Like, if he does get more than, and he'll made tap to by look strikes. silly, he'll tap my strikes for sure. If that if happens, he loses. Yeah, and people be like, oh, he's a pussy. Like, no, he's not a pussy. He's Dude, not a pussy at all. The beating that could be, like, let's but, say, let's say Connor gets, let's say that this scenario where Connor's on the ground. Yep. Khabib is going to kill him. Get some hammer lock. It's going to be so... Like, he gets that lock where you're on your side. Yep. And then he holds that arm there. Yep. And then just beats the fucking piss out of you. Yeah. It is going to be that if it goes there. But then on the exact opposite end, like, I could see Connor finishing him in like 15 seconds. Just cracking him on the way in. Just first time Connor uh, Khabib comes in. Yeah. And like... Connor throws that, and you saw it in the Till fight. That's what got Till knocked out. Right uppercut. Okay. Left. Um, like oh, left yeah, cross. 
He Nassim, does the same Prince the same. Yeah, he does that, right? Connor does that so like I feel like he's the only one that really pulls it off because that's what Till tried to do. Because okay. the problem is, did you see Till's fight? No. So I've, he, I've seen the highlight of him getting Well, that's how he got knocked out. That right? Okay. Right uppercut and then he just loads that fucking left okay. and when you're loading that left, that just counter right straight over the top so it's like but connor's the kind of guy that can pull that off okay you know so it's like it's just fucking even well that's how he got aldo right it was a left uppercut coming in just fucking dudes that cross or was it was it just a I don't know if it was straight or hook like he just changes the angle based on that reaction pretty much like but yeah like it's just connor's so fucking good that he can pull that kind of stuff off and I don't think Khabib's ever fought a guy that's going to work the kind of angles that McGregor's going to... Like, there'll be punches coming at Khabib in directions that he's never seen before. Ever. Yeah. Because Connor's the only dude that can do it. Yeah. Like, Till is a fucking freak. Yep. And he couldn't pull off that right uppercut, left hook combo. Yeah. Yeah. One of the best All dudes the in the that, world. Yeah. That, that position, it's just absolute master of mm. so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be fucking crazy son yeah 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 but yeah I just the beat like what's scary like it's not scary for Khabib to get knocked out by Connor. if he gets sparked yeah that's right that's not scary nah that's what's right. fucking scary nah. is the Mold. position that Connor would be in Mold. like bad news bears yeah that's the that's a man you don't wanna fuck with and then you add in all, like all the Russia shit like oh, oh, oh I know it's all know. too much I know Oh, no. crazy fight I'm fucking I'm G'd yeah so what um, what's the plan with your fight this weekend yes go up on Wednesday flying up with um, Stuart Nickel yeah roommate's black belt um, jiu jitsu guy um, fly up on Wednesday cut weight <laughs> yeah weigh in Friday so what's your so you are water loading now so what's that like 8 litres of water a day yeah. Like how much is it? Oh, so like I do, I did seven yesterday, then I do four today, four tomorrow. And then the following, which will be the Wednesday, do 1.5. Yeah. No, sorry. The Thursday, 1.5. Friday. No, sorry. Wednesday, 1.5. Friday, 800 mil. Wednesday, 1.5. Thursday, 800 mil. Friday, saunering off whatever's left. Yeah, okay. To Wayne. Yeah. So. And then, so what? is that process of water loading so like are you basically trying to get you overload your body with water yes. and then you slowly cut it out and then your body naturally starts getting rid of yes. the water weight because it's used where well, it wants to get rid of it produces hormone so we got too much water in us get rid of it that hormone will stay around for about 48 hours once ah. it once it sort of um produces or whatever you know, i don't know the biochemistry or whatever but yeah yeah you get this hormone makes you piss heaps then when you cut you've got those two days where your body keeps pissing out heaps and heaps. so it's just like a diuretic effect is essentially what you're going natural after. diuretic effect yep, yep. and then how much weight do you think you'll lose in that sauna session I, I, I cut a bit so cutting from 70 or well, 73.6 this morning and it's 65.8 is the weight fuck yeah yeah that's um, crazy yeah I mean it's not like it's safe 10, obviously 10% yeah. is what you want to do you want to do 10% because if you're not doing 10% you like you like the massive correlation once it's over 10% with losing, like tied in with weight cutting over 10%. Underneath 10%, it's not so much. If you do it right with the 24 hours, you're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Your you, um, brain's good. Take the shots again. You, your stamina's there. Like, you're And good. so how do you feel after a water cut? Do you feel depleted at all? Absolutely. So if you had to fight straight after that weigh-in, 
you, you would be fucked. Uh, you know what I mean? But it's its own art form and it, you know, yeah. it takes a little bit to get right. But like the big thing is you cut out carbohydrates, sodium, yeah. um, and fiber. Yeah. And then it releases the water a lot um, more easily. The, the low residue helps like flush out your intestines. And shit. So, yeah. you know, you get a few kilos there and that. And like it, it, it is quite crazy how much you sort of do get rid of yeah. before you have to sweat it out. Yeah. But I'll be sweating probably three out over a Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I. Yeah, these this last week, so I think I started like seventy five point nine. Yep. And then I just had no carbs all week. I did intermittent fasting, so I just tried to not eat until lunch. I'd get up, I'd have a coffee or maybe like two coffees in the morning. Yep. Um, yep. and then but yeah, no carbs. And then I'd train and then I was just having like chicken and salad and, and some nuts for snacks and berries and shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But pretty much just tried to have like no carbs at all, intermittent yep. fasting. And then I didn't have to do any kind of sauna or anything. Yep. But I woke up at 73 and then when I put my shit on, I weighed like on the fucking money. Yep. So I think that was another reason. Like it's not an excuse. It's just, a. I guess it's just but like you got to figure like, it out. Like, exactly. Yeah. You got to, yeah, you got to figure out how yep. it, your body's going to work and like what, because the problem with me is like, I'd have to fight at 77, like the next weight up is 77 and like yeah, I don't even walk around at seventy seven. Yep. Like if I let myself go, I'm seventy seven. Yep. But to be eating healthy, training a lot, I'm at like seventy five. Yep. So it's like to go up two kilos to be the smallest dude in the weight division. Yeah. And it's like that's a it's a big difference, man, in wrestling, like or in any yep. kind of grappling. Cause there's just strength. Like the dude I fought felt fucking stronger than me even. You know, at my weight at like me yep. cutting weight yep but it's like i don't yeah it's a it's a hard one to to really figure out and i've only done three comps yep so it's like a i'm still in that process of trying to Working figure out. out what what works but yep. like basically i i couldn't really i had breakfast so i had some like mints and i had a coffee yep so i had i had a little bit of breakfast got to the place my fight was after lunch so i basically skipped lunch yep. weighed in and then I had like a banana, some BCAA drink, um, some lollies, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. to try and like fire me up. But it's like, I just didn't feel great. Like mentally yeah. I was foggy. I didn't like, I couldn't get, like, are you fired up before you fight? Like you aggressive. Re- yeah. I have to be. See, like I fucking, how do you get there? Like, cause I'm so relaxed. Like I feel fucking stoned when I'm just sitting there. Like I was just sitting on the floor, just waiting for him to call me up. And then I got in there and I tried to like. I tried to stand up with the dude yes. to like get a bit of intensity yep. instead of just pulling guard and yes. working. I yeah, tried yeah, to yep. like fight the guy a bit yep. and um, we were kind of fucking slapping each other around and yep. and it, it got, I guess it woke me up a little bit, yep. but the downside was I wasted two minutes of me working and yes. I feel like if I had two extra minutes, it would have been a different story. So it's like, yep. it's so to really master and feel confident in what you're doing like i'm still yep. guessing when i'm going in there which is yep. i guess a you know yeah. part of the learning yep and that's right but as long as you know at every time like you have done you sort of go okay well what can i do differently what adjustments mm. you know that, that same process that applies to reflecting yeah um then yeah like you get better at it because it is like you say especially tournaments like that was that's good about fighting you make one walk you yeah fight one guy you're like yeah about tournaments like you might have all your preliminary things in the morning and then you might have the finals till at night so you got yeah. the same thing like you've been aroused and then you've got to bring it down because if you stay heightened you're going to be you can't exhausted it, yeah exactly so you know i'm big on like it for me it's more 
I try and bring myself down because I naturally get very um, hyped up. Yeah, like you know, because because I put in a lot of work in that, and I I want to win. Yeah. Um. So for me, it's about making sure I don't just be stupid. Yeah. But if if you're the other way, you need to hype up. Like you know, there is like playing along with your your physiology and that you know, making sure you're you're holding yourself in the right way for whatever level of arousal you want. Yeah. Um. And then obviously language and that. Yeah. Like some people need that. Like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Some people, that's terrible. They say, oh, fuck this guy. Think, oh, like, you know, they, like, so it is an individual thing that yeah. you got to work out. And, and again, that's, that's the beautiful thing about fighting, you know, working it out. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. True. Way. So that's why, you know, a lot of people, yeah. It's funny too, man. Like, cause I've, I've been in motocross my whole life. Yep. And I was like, it's gonna hurt. I was like winning some stuff, but at like the B grade level, like I was okay. never in that. Then when I did do A grade stuff, like I was, the level of, for me to win was like pretty far. Yep. To the point where I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to be that guy. Okay. So, but I still love the competition. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I love to go. I love to race. I yep. enjoyed the competition, but the winning thing was kind of out of the picture. So it was like something I never really focused on. Okay. And then when I did team sports, yes. I wanted to win, but it wasn't up to just me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And now that with jujitsu, it's like I'm fucking 30, but it's the first time in my life where like, like I went into that comp and I was like, I'm going to win. All yep. I gave a fuck about was winning. Okay. And it, it's honestly the first time in my life that I'm experiencing the emotions that come with ex- like not just wanting to win, but like yep. expecting to win. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's now I'm finding that I'm fine. Like I'm in this whole new zone of like psychology that, yep. and I love psychology. Like yeah. we fucking talk about philosophy for fucking three hours here pretty yep. much. Yep. Like I love that shit. I feel yep. like I know, but yep. I don't know how to deal with yeah, yeah, wanting yeah. to win and like expecting to win. I didn't have that my whole fucking life. So it's yeah, like this yeah, whole yeah. new challenge for me now of like needing to win at this. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. So I'm yeah. like, I don't know. I don't know how to, I'm, I don't, I'm not there yet. I'm still fucking trying. Skill. It's another skill, isn't it? Like anything. How do you cultivate it? Mm. Same so, thing. Just reflecting process. Yeah. So I guess that's like, yeah. And and the really hard thing and I, I'm finding as well is that it's really hard to find like a yardstick of, okay. of where you're actually at. And like I was saying, like I'm that, that analytical dude, yep. 29,200 days in 80 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. I want it, you know, but with this, it's like, well, am I ready for this comp? Yep. I don't fucking know. Yeah, yeah, My yeah. My coach can't tell me. Yeah. The guys I train with can't tell me because yep. they don't know who I'm fighting. Yep. I don't know who I'm fighting. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a real motherfucker when you're, yeah. when you, when you're an analytical person like me, that's trying to basically by building confidence off yep. numbers in a way tick all the boxes but i don't have like i don't have the yardstick i don't have a measure that yep. i can measure myself against yep and then it's hard to manage your expectations yeah man man i, I hear like you that's, know yeah because oh, you know i just me. i just want the it's like how do i how do i be world champ yeah <laughs> what's the process yeah but there's not you know it is like because we're all different so that process and then like i said like how you balance in the the other sides of, of what a healthy person is mm. a healthy person's motivated healthy person's energy a healthy person you know can reflect can persevere it's like how do you build all that in like that's very different like you know you say it is you know again that that is the the beautiful part in it but it's also yeah it kind of sucks because it's like i'm willing to put in the work i'll put in whatever work you know, i'll do whatever i gotta do but it's like well i don't know what i gotta do yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I'd like, in my, I'm very fortunate that, like, my, my the people that are around me have, you know, brought people up to very high levels and that before. So, like, gives you a yeah. lot of confidence to, like, well, follow them around, do what they're saying. Like, yeah, easy. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, uh, 100%, like, nutrition's massive, strength conditioning's massive, where everybody's just doing their own sort of things. And it's like, oh, well, how do I apply this to me? And, you know, is this best? And it's like, we don't know. It's like you say, have, have I prepared? But I definitely think that there's a level of, like confidence that comes with knowing that like you have put everything into your preparation mm. that's like like i certainly find that like i'm okay with whatever happens because i know i've put everything yeah in. so it's like okay well if if you know the worst possible case scenario happens i did i did all i can do so what's the alternative is to avoid yeah which uh, yeah that's good luck to you if that's how you want to approach yeah hard things in life so it's like Man, that's that's all you can do. Do your best, and 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 go at it, and then keep going at it until <laughs> yeah. you get what you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, but again, you know, what is it that you want? Once you work that out, you know, for 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 me, it's massive how yeah, you know, all the, I guess, like you know, I I want a level of financial success that's let that lets me like look after a family when I want to have a family yep. do you know what I mean while doing what I love like that's what I want like so it's not like oh I don't care about the money like no I, I do care about it. I want to make some money out of this like I want to make it so I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable and you know can, can care for my family and that out of the money but if that's your primary focus then it's like you lose oh no I just lost it you know like for, it's like the primary focus has to be on what you can control yeah. and that's like how you react to things that's your philosophy and how you're applying it yep. you know so I think if that's it then it's like it's not so much like a this happened or that happened. It's it's just like this is just a process taking place and I'm just enjoying it and moving through it and, you know, like I got caught by this and, and, and knocked out. Yeah. Great. Okay, how do I stop getting caught by that? Keep going. Like that's that sort of approach, like that focus and then you get like your reward out of that. Like, oh, next time, you know, like yeah. oh, I did better this time. Like that's, you know, so it's not so much like the, the spectrum of, yeah. of, of good. Yeah. You know, it's like the spectrum of winning. Yeah. Well, it's like, no, you didn't lose. You just didn't win much. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, is there winning and losing or is there just one thing? Like, yeah. good, you know, is like you can get rid of bad. It's just yeah. like, this is the lowest level of God. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You know, good, very good, excellent. Like, it's all on the same line. Yeah. I think that can, can sort of be maybe a better approach. And then, you know, like, I love this. So yeah. how can I not be like, I live with people who love jujitsu and they're like, you know, I... Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, man, I just get to train. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's more like the process of it. Yeah, you fall in love with that, which, yeah, it's so corny and that, but it's so like, so like you said, it's like, we all know. We <laughs> you know, know this shit. You can shit, break away. Yeah. It's like, we all know. But yeah. it's like, oh, I got to actually do it. But then it's like, once you start appreciating getting the rewards out of doing it, it's like, I think that's momentum or whatever, you know, the, that spiral that, any successful person seems to catch on to and yeah, 100%. apply. Like, so where um, where are you at? Like, you're kind of holding out for the UFC, right? Like, you want to enter into that that yeah, UFC wanna, division. Oh, like, the UFC just has that. You know, like I grew up watching it, and that, and there are some some other, you know, like One FC. You know, that that's a great organization that's doing very well, and and who knows, you know, it's got a massive market in in Asia and that sort of thing. But for me, right now, yeah, I, I want to. I want to find the UFC. And how far away do you think you are from that? I don't think I'm far at all. I think if you look at, like I, I had that loss, the split decision loss, and I showed straight away that that was a shit fight from, like that I'm capable of much more than that. Yeah. So I think if you, 
if I have a good performance this weekend, that every single one of my wins has been... validated in a way, like... Well, like, uh, apart from that loss, I, I, I don't think I've taken a shot yeah. in every fight. Like, that last one was finished in the second round. Every other finish was the first round. And, you know, I've, I've got some accomplishments in judo and jiu-jitsu and that from before I was even fighting. Like, it's not like I just woke up one day and started doing it. And, yeah, yeah. You know, like... You're a lifelong I, I don't competitor. Know. So if this one puts me 7-1... and one, they're all finishes. I got a belt. I don't know. Like, what, what, what do you what need to do to get do? into yeah. the UFC? Like, I got an awesome manager, and they're reading sports like that. You know, manage thirty something guys in the UFC. More than that now. Yeah. Um. So the door's there. Like the pathway. I think there. so. Yeah. 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 And I think and, and now because I've had that. Like again, that's why it's so awesome that I had that loss because it's like like you said, you know, taking those shots and that and being forced to bite down and trade and that sort of thing. It's like, well, how good's that that I've had that now? Because that's what you're going to get in the UFC. Exactly. Like, like you're not going to get yep. every. You're not. You're not yep. going to go and fight in the UFC untouched. No, and that's in that. You know, having a, a, a poor performance like that when that's under the spotlight, and that, then everyone's like, "Oh, okay," like that's much more to deal with. Now it's like, no one cares. Like I'm straight back in. Like yeah. Now I just moved on. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's in the past. So it's like another good one. You know, I, I sort of. I'm definitely at the point after this one, providing it all goes well, which it will. Uh, you know, like. I should probably be smart with what I'm trying to do next. Yeah. Not just take another fight because I want to fight. Like, But he's it's, just taking it, you know, step by step. And and controlling what you can control. Yeah. Yeah. And I got all the right people around me. So I just, I, I talk to them and listen to them and go from there and yeah. Act intuitively. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I fucking enjoyed talking to you. I'm really glad that we did it. You too, bro. I, uh, I hope that the next time we do one of these, it's because you signed a UFC contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that you're fucking got a couple belts. And uh, yeah, you're a dude right. that I've enjoyed following um, through, uh, like a, initially getting hooked up through the guys at Fight Life. Yep, um, yep. I've enjoyed, yeah, kind of watching this process and kind of how it played out and I guess your road to like being here and us talking um, and then just enjoyed the conversation as a whole as well so me too man just being part of it appreciate it bro good luck this weekend thank you cheers she done how was it